This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. And I do it with my homeboys. My wheel man, Cody Lash, need the co-host of this show, producer, a man of people almost at this point. Cody Lashley, how you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, I'm doing wonderful, man. It's a Tuesday night. OTAs are going on. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, who's going to be uh, starting at quarterback this season for the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule spoke to the media. Sam Donald spoke to the media. There's even rumors that Brady Christensen might be looking to play center at some point for the Carolina Panthers. Rumors of Cam Newton's imminent return. Tony Dunn, there's a surprising lot to talk about tonight on this seemingly random Tuesday night. And the thing that always remains the same is we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. Our man's Drew. Alex Christmas, ATX19, Carson One, Dan Floyd, Jeremy Clancy, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Lawrence Trevette, Matt Knows Nothing, Cardiac Cat 13, Tim Estes, Yon Nels, Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Like you said, uh, Panthers begin OTAs, and you know, you've seen. Uh, some videos of uh, Matt Corral out there. Today we got um, Sam Darnold addressing his role and Matt Rule talking about the offense under Ben McAdoo. And there are even talks about uh, Christian McCaffrey and how that special chess piece, that made man needs to be protected and not played in the preseason again this year. That's where you get the bubble boy image today on our thumbnail. Uh, so Panthers OTAs will be the subject and the focus of of the show, but there's some other things to talk about in the league. Um, Roger Goodell uh, is upset or says the pro, the Pro Bowl is broken. Duh! Finally, everybody knew that for a minute. They need to bring back that skills competition from back in the day. That would be the yeah. first thing you do is them throwing a the quarterback, the quarterbacks throwing in that moving targets thing. I loved that when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, dip that 
dip that football in some chalk and throw it at some targets or throw it downfield in some buckets. So we've got all that to talk about and call into the show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the conversation as well. Greg, the bat daddy, stat daddy. How you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing better than the Hurricanes right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, not too bad, man. It's funny, right now we got uh, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs all going on, and I would rather talk Carolina Panthers football at this point in time. I know, it's cra- uh, it is crazy. The Hurricanes, sadly, um, have really been outplayed by the Rangers in this entire series, if you think about it, is that the first yeah. game, even though they, they won the ga- first game. Yeah, yeah they, they won game one, but two... Over half of that game, the Rangers dominated. You got a good goalie on them. They're just not able to win on the road right now. And so maybe they'll turn it on. It it looks like this one is going to take a miracle to get back into this one. Mm. We'll see. There's still a lot of hockey left to be playing the New York Rangers. My former team. No, the the Hurricanes are favored to win, but right now the Hurricanes have just not been able to win on the road, right? Yeah. It's like, mm. is that, that's why every, I mean, we've just won all four games at home. So mm. we're on the road right now and just getting dominated. Sleepy, sleepy Hurricanes, but not enough of that. Enough of that. We need to talk about the Carolina Panthers. We also have CK in the house, the voice that makes them moist. What's up, boys? Hey, listen, uh, still something to talk about for the Panthers. That's always a positive. Um, you know, in the midst of, uh, you know, a lot of shitty stuff going on in the world right now, uh, it's good to be here with you guys and, uh, and uh, talking about the team that we all, uh, probably love too much, but, uh, can't uh, think of a better place to be spending our Tuesday nights. Yeah. Is, uh, don't, yeah. If you want to be happy, don't look at the stock market. I stopped paying up to, you know, right here. And just before we jump in, what's funny about this is, um, you know, I started this podcast because I was tired of talking politics. Um, I, as a historian, you know, I mean, I thought like, first of all, when you're in your late twenties, you're kind of, um, you're, you have a confidence about you that you can, that you understand like world problems or like you think you got I, at least i did i felt and i teach a lot of kids you know what i'm saying so i see that kind of confidence develop in their world views and then i think as you get closer later into your late 30s 40s you start to either become disaffected or know that you don't know you know like the old donald's rumfeld you can't know what you don't know type thing um so uh, Winston Churchill used to say that if you were in your 20s and you w- weren't a liberal, you didn't have a soul. And if you were in your 30s and you weren't a conservative, you didn't have a brain. Um, <laughs> so like this kind of natural evolution of your perspective. But I started the C3 Panthers podcast because I was a big, giant President Obama fan. And a lot of my f- family and people in my area were certainly not. And I was just arguing about things and not changing anyone's mind i was wasting so much of my time and energy and my head space and it was just making driving making me a wreck so i said this it's like screw it i like to argue i like to debate Mm -hmm. and i wanted to uh, use that creative energy in a way and i said well screw it there's one thing i can feel good about and that's saying the falcons suck let me start a podcast about the damn panthers and we'll just yell about this and it's kind of like this as we get to argue and debate like we are tonight over Matt Corral, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, all of these different things. Again, be a part of the show. Let's start with OTAs. They have begun. 
The question is, what does OTAs actually mean? I feel like every year I come back to it and I go, oh, it's organized. Is it or for you know, for a long time I thought it was optional team activities. Which I they mean, are it is optional. optional. Yeah, they yeah. are. And Matt Rule says it should stay that way. Um, off season training activities. That's uh that's what I've always known it to be. That's what I know it to be. Organized um, team activities, I've heard. Yeah, I mean something like that. Hey, it's where it's where all of our team gets together, but you technically don't have to be there. Okay, that's what's going on right now for the Carolina Panthers. Um, and there's been some interesting things, man. Um, I'll pull some video up here in just a second, but uh, we saw a lot today that Brady Christensen was giving snaps. So basically, at the center position, um, Matt Rule during his press conference today said that he views Brady Christensen as someone who's going to play on the left side of the line, somewhere between left tackle, guard, and center. But it's looking right now they plan on playing him on the interior. Um, so that'll be very interesting to uh, watch going forward is this offensive line formation and, and just how it's going to come about. Because one of the biggest things um, and how this season is going to be different is the Panthers' offense under the tutelage of Ben McAdoo. And if you listen to our players and their interviews today and just listen to Matt Rule, Ben McAdoo really has changed our offense from the bottom up. And they're really trying to do some different things. Yeah, which is very interesting. Um, You hear Sam Darnold talk about it as well. Matt Corral has already spoken about it. So it really does seem like our offense has a lot of juice right now and Credit where credit's due, a lot of it seems to be because of Ben McAdoo. Yeah, What's I mean, the uh, official uh, title of OTA, Greg. Uh, we're You're on mute. Organized team activities. Yeah. Okay. So organized team activities. Go ahead. Okay. I watched these the press conference along with Cody, and the I mean, the offense seems to really like what Ben McAdoo is doing on offense. Like they seem to be talking about how it looks like it's going to be really fun. And um, I think that should be exciting for a couple of reasons, but I also think it's maybe not as exciting for somebody like, um, like Christian McCaffrey, who's used to getting so many of the touches. I think he isn't going to be a primary, you know, featured piece on this. And so that's going to be an interesting thought. Well, I think that a lot of his, being the primary piece before was out of necessity too, wasn't it? Really, like he they had to dump the ball. He was kind of I think he was a last resort for some for a lot of plays, and he ended up right. being the primary target just because they had no other option. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's been uh, a part of it. Uh, you know, is you know they always tell us that, and and they end up reverting back to it, like you said. Um, but it's. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see. I, I think with the running back room we have right now, it's going to be a lot easier for them to let Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, get some rest and and not be uh, uh, the main, the main show of the uh, Carolina Panthers offense. I think it's so bizarre that, well, one is that you can feel that um, coach rule has really just subcontracted the entire offense to right. Ben McAdoo and the guys like, yeah. and that's yeah. actually a good As thing. You know, uh, that is a good thing is that I, I like when a head coach um, 
has like can step back and do that overarching look. You know, Ron Rivera was pretty good at that. I felt like is that he let when we had McDermott, when we had Wilkes, when we had um, North Turner or no North, uh, yeah. But even if going back, to Mike Shula is that he was a manager of the 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 practices, the team, the kind of leadership role, and so hopefully Matt Rule is uh is kind of like settling into that role it does appear that right um right. he's not known as an offensive guru but the funny thing about it to me is this kind of concept that we've got to be such a power run team run run you know it was like about the amount of touches and power run team smash mouth and ben mcadoo is not that kind of coach at all it is going to be um a lot of short, quick passes, which I think would be friendly, is going to be friendly to a Sam Darnold. The The idea is that that type of system, I mean, look, it really helped Eli Manning find a second uh, wind in his own career. So there, yeah. there's kind of that. Um, but you're right, as Ben McAdoo, they really have, at least from Sam Darnold's comments today, is that it's like completely new system. Right. Um, and what continues to come to my mind here, and I know you're going to get mad, mad at me. I hate receipt people, you know, like I did the receipt people. But one of the things I would go back to is, boy, um, how how uh, in the past Joe Brady seems for us, the wonder boy. You know, I almost yeah. said that you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't tweet because I was like, oh, where is Joe Brady? Where? But he's with Buffalo now. Of course. Uh. Yeah, uh, you either go to Buffalo or you go to Washington. Like you only have two choices if you're a, a Carolina, a former Carolina Panther. But what I like about the Ben McAdoo, we're all of these guys camping. I love all of our hires, right? Is that there is an experience there, and that is what the problem with the Matt Rule team was last year. And even the maybe the year before is kind of managing the large, the big picture, you know, is like, how do you manage the team throughout an entire season? And that really is, is like a when you're a teacher, it's like planning the semester out, you know, and really having a vision of how what type of rhythm you need to be in at what part and what stage. And I think that experience is going to pay off. Sam Darnold. um I got a lot of questions today about the Ben McAdoo offense, right? How he's going to deal with it and his role going into camp. So what were your, Cody, what did you think uh, kind of what's on your mind most after hearing some of these interviews? I mean, listen, after hearing some of these interviews, I, I think it's just, you kind of hit the nail on the head it is that, you know, Matt rule has kind of subcontracted all the responsibilities of this offense to Ben McAdoo and Campen, And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's going to be in, important going forward, talking about a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I, I believe these guys are going to have far more say so in what the Panthers offense looks like this year, uh, not just on the field, but uh, from a, um, a roster perspective, deciding who gets a lot of these top spots and, you know, necessarily the, the places that they intend to play all these uh, different players. So this is some of what I was talking about earlier. You have Brady Christensen kind of getting down low in these low stances. 
from some center spots. Uh, Deontay Brown there helping them. Um, and it's one of those things where, I, I mean, we're all talking about the quarterback, right? Like the quarterback is still the biggest concern and the biggest question mark on this football team right now. And determining who's going to be the starter is such a confusing thing for us because on one hand, we have coaches saying that this is Sam Darnold's job to lose and that Sam Darnold's going to be given the opportunity to go out there and basically redeem himself. Um, but then hearing all these things about, you know, the Panthers still potentially being in the market to go and get another quarterback. Uh, there's news of Cam Newton that is still out there. People um, are kind of reporting that it's almost, you know, looking like it's, I don't want to say a done deal, but the Panthers are very interested in potentially bringing him back for another season. But I just want to make sure that I have my place and my stance known right now. Listen, I'm a believer in Matt Corral, man. I'm on team Matt Corral, and I want him to win the job. I don't necessarily think that Matt Rule is going to give it to him, but with guys like Ben McAdoo and Sean Ryan, I think that if Matt Corral goes out in training camp and starts to visibly look like the better of the two quarterbacks, there should be no reason why the Panthers are hesitant to start the young guy. I'm sorry, but this narrative that you can start a player too early and forever ruin them for the course of their NFL career, like, yeah, that could happen, but it could it could happen to Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields last year, but they weren't afforded that same opportunity. Sometimes the best way to learn how to play NFL football is to play NFL football. I think let Matt Corral get his snaps, let him learn the hard way, and hell, it's not outside the realm of possibility that Matt Corral be able to put up a very high-powered, potent offense this year, even despite his lack of NFL knowledge. The Canes finally put the biscuit in the basket. Thank you. Good Lord. Better late than never, I guess. Turn it on in the third period. Now, let's go back to that uh, to that quarterback um not contrary that quarterback discussion is the first what is this news cam newton we saw a report today um are interested in brining cam newton did you see that i was like nobody liked my pickled cam reference i love pickled cam like uh <laughs> but uh the panthers are opening open to brining back quarterback cameron who is this who made this report albert breer this was who was this, Albert Breer. Uh, this is uh, a yeah. oh, Don Kleiman. Kleiman. Dove Kleiman. Dove Kleiman. Uh, under two conditions, uh, and that and this is oh, so per John Alexander of the Charlotte Observer, he needs to accept a smaller salary and needs to accept uh, that he won't enter camp as the starter. And to me, uh, as Cam Newton being my 1A favorite player. Julius Peppers, Cam Newton, right? Both kind of draft picks that changed the direct uh, trajectory of our franchises in their own decade. Um, you know, I'm over it. I don't want Cam Newton uh, with Carolina anymore. 
And not because I don't like Cam Newton, not because I really am interested in having this debate of whether or not Cam still has any left. He's not the same player he was, like, especially as a passer. Like, he just, you know, I mean, maybe, like, I've seen him throw that. Like, it's not like his shoulder's entirely cooked, but you can probably, 17-game season, I think, would be tough to see how, you know, how long before you started to see that fatigue in his throwing ability. But... I don't even want to argue about that anymore. What I'm just saying is this is like, I feel like the time for the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton is past. And when I'm, I don't want to see him be the ball guy or uh, the, the discussion all over and over. Imagine this is like, what would happen if you did sign Cam? Like there would just immediately be this incredible discussion about, um, among Panther fans, among it's like well, he's got to be. He should be starting instead of Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold sucks, right? And this and that, and that would be a fair actual conversation to have. But I would I feel like it would it would be a sort of distraction to a certain degree. You know, is that and one of the things is Cam Newton is one of those guys where it's hard for him to be a backup. Right. And I'm not saying that he can't accept being a backup, but when you got a guy who is six foot five. 240 pounds can run and can do all the things that quarterback who's been a former NFL MVP. And then you go put Sam Darnold in who hasn't done shit. Of course, it's going to be like, you just see that great looking man on the sideline. You know, like put that boy in, let right. that run. And it's just a, another thing, another thing. Um, So I would, I would feel more comfortable. I think at this point we're kind of resided on Sam Darnold as the starter. And we've won until he loses the job. And you know, maybe he keeps the job or loses it. And then you draft him Matt Corral and then you go and see what you got with him. It is a lot, Cody, though, to bring that young boy in. I know you're you're saying you can't break a quarterback, but you can. You can put them in a situation where they're not going to be <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I mean that doesn't mean they have the he he can't do it. Not trying to say that, but it's like um uh, and maybe Sam Darnold was potentially this type of player, right? Yeah. I mean, did did you break Sam Darnold as in a 20-year-old kid in the NFL that does have physical tools and training, but they're still 20. So um, I was thinking about this as we were getting – I was in an argument with uh, – not an argument, that's the wrong words uh, – with Mel Mayock about who is glass half full when it comes to the Panthers. And he goes he – he put out this tweet about like – uh, stud defensive end, stud linebacker, stud uh, cornerback. We have the makings of a stud defense. And I was like, who's a stud linebacker? He goes, yeah. He goes, it's dang Sha- Shaq Thompson. I was like, all right, whatever, man. Like, and he goes, well, he had a, and he was playing elite before he got hurt last year. I was like, he was playing well for him. Mm-hmm. But so he was talking, we we're going on with this half. It was is a very optimistic view of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And what he was talking about, he's like, well, maybe Matt Rule is really good at developing players because Brian Burns has come into an elite player. Shaq Thompson is finally playing his best football. And I was like, Matt Rule, maybe this is just the natural progression of a guy becoming a veteran a little bit too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like is that Brian Burns, maybe was undersized and overwhelmed in his first year to a certain degree. And that's why Ron Rivera didn't want to put him in all the time, right? Because he is light and light in the ass, whatever it may be. 
But what I'm just trying to get to is that, like, Sam Darnold, 20 years old, go win. It's like, it's a tough, t- you know, it's a, that's a, mm-hmm. those are long odds. Right. Long odds. They, they are long odds. But, and, and Greg, I don't, I, I don't know if I, I'll let you go right after this. I just wanted to say this, though. I feel like either let us turn the page or let's not. Like, how many times do we as Panther fans have to go over this thing where, oh, man, this is Cam Newton's last game just for them to trot him back out there under a shorter amount of time, not giving him the necessary time to even, you know, uh, necessarily learn the playbooks like you would want him to, to be up to speed in time. And there's no guarantee that it's going to be a legitimate competition. I think our coaching staff is dead set on playing Sam Darnold. And I think they're going to give Sam Darnold every single opportunity to be successful. And you know what? If you're Sam, fine. But this guy that I have on screen, again, I know he's young, Tony. I'm not saying to have hardcore evidence that this guy is going to be able to come in right away and start. But what I know is this guy has the upper-level talent. He hasn't always been in an RPO system the entire time that he was in college. So he's not as unfamiliar to NFL concepts as people try and make him out to be. And I really do think that he has really tried to have that leadership aura about him already. Him and Sam were one of the first people to arrive at OTAs today, man. I am ready for number nine. And Tony, real quick, did you know his middle name? Are you aware of what his middle name is? No. You want to take a guess? Here, here, motion. Uh, here, I don't know. Like, what is that? Well, there's a big debate about his ethnicity. How about this? What's your name? Tony. Anthony. Is it Anthony? It's Anthony. His name oh, is. Good. Matt. His, no, he's Italian is, too. His name is this. Matt going around, Anthony uh, Corral. Come on, man. This oh, is I love it already. Now, is I'm that when you. I say there's a debate? I read on a website that he was part Japanese American. And then I can't find the website anymore. It's like disappeared. It's been redacted. And then there's another story somebody sent me that said he is like a Latino, right? He's got Hispanic. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, Anthony could be a you know Latin name too, but uh, I love him. I mean, look at that. Look at the compact motion. That's a motion mm-hmm. that wins in the NFL that lasts, right? That's yeah. one of the things is that it lasts. If you think of even like a Cam Newton windup was a big because he was so big. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like yeah. even he had a long motion. Uh, he needed a lot of space in the pocket, stuff like this. This is something, you know, so there are a lot of upside to it. Go ahead, Greg. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, with this this whole starting corral and worrying about ruining the quarterback, I just want a healthy competition between him and Sam Darnold, because I don't think that at this point in time you can worry about ruining Matt Corral. We are in the best position we've been in for a quarterback in years. I don't think anybody can argue that with the offensive yep. line, with the defense that we have built up on right. paper, we look like a really good team. This is an optimal place for a player to go to start a career instead of going to on paper what looks like garbage. Now we may end up being garbage, but right now we are the best we've been in since I can remember the trench from the trenches out. So it's a good position for him to start in. I just don't believe in breaking him. I think that if you put any quarterback at an NFL level behind what we have on paper, they should be able to 
have a decent season if they're worth their salt. Same. You know, or worth their weight. So. Uh, CK, you want to jump in on this? I mean, I'm, I, I don't have a, uh, it's so hard to argue the let him sit of a year, though. Like, when you see the track record of quarterbacks that have had that happen. Now, does that mean it's a guarantee? No. And that's the part of it. Like, how many people have sat a year and it didn't work out? That'd be worth looking at. But I just, I look at so many great quarterbacks and they aren't immediate starters in this league. And uh, and it, I just, I don't know the answer. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer here. But ultimately, um, if I saw him in a, in a Panthers uniform playing the starting you know quarterback position before the end of the year, I don't think I'd be upset. There right. is no way he can win the job in camp. And what I mean by that is like there is... Um, like uh, Sam Darnold's the type of player, like Sam Darnold, the problem is not camp. It's not him working hard and being, uh, saying the right things right. and doing all of this, like, and showing up on time and all of that. That's never the problem. It's the games that are a problem. Right. So it's like, what is, what can you do? If you look at the way they practice in the camp and this and that, there's like very little that he could do that would separate himself from Sam Darnold because they both can throw the ball for, you know what I'm saying? Like what, like it would be, it's really about processing the game, processing the calls, being able to recognize defenses and break down that. Those are the things that are going to ultimately be the, the, the important things for him to learn. And I think that you might not have to say, sit him for a year. I don't know necessarily like maybe even to the bye week you don't have to force anything. That's the key here is like, uh, I think that Sam letting Sam Darnold start allows Sam Darnold to either keep the job or lose the job. And that takes some pressure off of Matt Corral from the beginning to sit and see how a game day is before, you know, like what is an NFL game day? Like what is, what is it like when you get to these certain pivot points or, momentum points in the game and how is the coach interacting with with you know the starting quarterback and right and that I think could be the benefit of not just throwing him in from day one because if you just throw him in from day one what he has to do is just he has to do so much he has to learn all those developmental things kind of in the background and he almost doesn't have time to really focus on learning defenses and this and that it's like just keeping up it's like yeah the like when i when i first started teaching like uh i was like like play like writing my lectures and doing all this like 15 minutes before class like i mean even no matter how hard and you were just trying to stay one day ahead of the students you know and then now since i've been teaching for 13 years like i have i like the game has slowed down to me Right. And I don't have to just get through the day anymore. Now I can really think theory and all of this different stuff. And I think that would be the benefit of not having to rush him. Yeah. Right. Is that I just like Cody, how could he win the job? Like, what could he really go in and do in camp that would say, well, boom, we need to start him from day one? So, one, I think his deep ball accuracy would be an indicator of him being able to be ready and hit DJ and Robbie downfield. I think that would be 
a big time indicator. I also think it's ability, his ability to get the ball out quickly under pressure. And I want to really make this clear to people. Matt Corral already has one of the tightest, fastest throwing motions that you will see from any quarterback in the NFL. It's that type of fast. It's that type of quick. It's that type of consistent. You know, and I, I just feel like if you brought Cam Newton onto this team right now, it just kind of muddies the water a little bit more. Like you have Sam Donald that we're trying to let him rejuvenate his career. But then it's like from a fan perspective, if Cam Newton is on this team, how long have we wanted to see Cam Newton behind a good offensive line with good receiving weapons, with the ability to run the football? Now you're not putting everything in his hands. It's like, of course, I would much rather have Cam Newton over Sam Donald. The problem is I just think that it muddies the water too much with him. Yeah, yeah, it just it's like we're either going to turn the page or we're not. We already have PJ Walker on the team. We have a talented young quarterback in Matt Corral that the fan base is really ready for and excited about. Uh, And then you have uh, Sam Darnold, who has this final opportunity to prove what kind of player he is. I think that the Panthers technically have their quarterback situation figured out. And I think to do any more than that right now, you're just making it all that more complicated for the coaches and for the fans having to figure out what the best quarterback decision for this offense is. Yeah, it's very simple right now, actually. And that is you go with the idea that Matt Corral is a guy you drafted because he has potential maybe to be your starting quarterback one day. And that could be when that day is, is up to be determined still, you know, it might be, it might be farther down the road or it might be closer than you think. But then you get Sam Darnold. The clarity there is like, look, final year of his deal. Let's just see, you know, I mean, kind of in his fourth or fifth year as a fifth year as a player, maybe he's starting to, maybe he can get more comfortable with, right. Um, uh, with a Ben McAdoo or something, but then he can either give it a shot to keep and earn that job for this year or for from week to week to a certain degree. And then if he loses it, then you bring it, then it's simple. You know what I'm saying? Then you bring in, you don't bring in, uh, you don't sit Sam Darnold for a week and then put Corral in and then put Sam Darnold back in. It's going to be this is we're going to go with Sam Darnold until we don't. Right. And you do add that third person and you're right. It just makes it a weird moment to where we don't really know what we're trying to do with Corral. We don't really know what we're trying to do between the two vets. Just stick with it. Just just stick with this. Greg, what was this that you were pulled up? Well, uh, CK was wondering about the numbers and I was too, because I didn't know what the numbers were on the other side of quarterbacks who didn't start as opposed to quarterback start. So I actually found a chart here. And now this chart does go from 96 to 2015. So it is a little outdated, seven years old, but I imagine the trends don't differ that much. And what it's shown is that by and large quarterbacks that start their rookie season have a way higher win average than quarterbacks who, who, who don't yeah. start. And that, that, that's just like I said, from 96 to 2015, I wouldn't have thought it would have yeah. been that, that big of a spectrum. Right. Like I would have thought it would been a little bit closer, but it's a lot. It's like, uh, 11 quarterbacks who started the first 16 games average over six wins. And, and then, so, I mean, 
Yeah. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it does not seem like it should be very hard to install an offense that Matt Corral would be very successful in. Again, it's not like we have to have an offense that has a million different checks and uh, identifications and all these different things. Like you brought in Dante Foreman to be that power back to take some of the load off of Christian McCaffrey. You have a, you know, DJ Moore returning fresh off of a new contract. Robbie Anderson is as brash as he ever has been. Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, we also keep on forgetting about Rashard Higgins, the receiver that the Panthers signed in the offseason as well. Like it with the type of personnel that we have, it should not be hard to make some rudimentary plays across the middle. Let Matt Corral use that incredibly fast throwing motion, get some easy completion percentages, run the football, and then use that RPOs to set up some deep shots downfield and let them meet DJ in the end zone. Like, I just feel like there's a new energy in Carolina. I mean, the more that I've done research on Matt Corral, guys, the more that I've been kicking myself, honestly, that I wasn't higher on him. Because now that I look back at some of his 2020 film, where he did play some more under center, and you see what he was able to do with Elijah Moore and some of those better receivers at Ole Miss before they left to the NFL. Like, this is an incredibly young, dynamic quarterback talent. And I just think that putting him in an offense that is successful, it doesn't even, it's not going to take an act of Congress to put something around him that could easily see him, you know, really putting up some big numbers early in his football career. And to be honest, and I think this is part of the reason why most of us have kind of soured on the idea of Cam Newton, because while we love Cam, everything that I just said about Matt Corral, theoretically, if Sam Darnold has bettered his game, Sam should be able to come in and do the same type of thing with that kind of talent in front of him. Right. Now, whether or not he's going to be able to do it and actually have that sustained success, I don't know. But to me, it's a perfect opportunity for both players. Sam to prove himself and Matt Corral, he doesn't have a whole lot of competition in front of him, keeping him out of the starting job. So that should be enough incentive for both of these dudes to come out like men possessed. Okay. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think, uh, I, I listen, I mean, and that's why I, br- I brought up that, you know, that premise of, of, I don't know what the, like, it's very easy for me to want to point out the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and really a lot of the great quarterbacks that are in the league right now, right? Like, uh, or in the, even in the past, um, having sat a year behind somebody else, right? Um, and and you could make an argument and say that Dak Prescott didn't start, I mean, was a starter, but he also was learning during his, like, behind a really good quarterback. Matt Corral isn't getting that value, right? He's not getting that benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think a lot of these players, they do have a great quarterback ahead of them. That's why they're not starting, right? Um, and, uh, and, and so I... That, listen, when you see that, and I think it makes a lot of sense when you look at, you know, the opposite side of that, I think there's a lot less people that don't start um, that, that actually uh, have success. So I, 
I'd be interested how this works. And I listen, this is another part to this as well. If Sam can take this and actually have this competition make him into the quarterback that he was always touted to be, then I think that's that's something that uh, should be valuable. I do think also that Ben McAdoo uh, will deserve some credit, but I I guess my question really would you know twitch to who deserves the credit if Sam Darnold comes out here and is doing well? Is it yeah. is it Ben McAdoo? And you're you're muted, Tony. It would be an offensive line. Like, really, it comes down to offensive line. Yeah. Even uh, what what Sam Darnold's been talking about. Now, what's funny is this is uh, Sam Darnold came in and said that he's confident that he could be a top quarterback in the league. Um, And then he got a lot of, you know, the Internet already making fun of that. I defended Uh, him, by the way. It's like, what else is Sam supposed to say? Like, of course, you should believe that. Well, if he doesn't himself. believe in himself, it ain't gonna yeah, ever happen, right? Sure. I mean, right? You shouldn't ever be like, "Well, I'm uh, I'm right. hoping to just not get benched in or lose the job to this third round pick." I mean, you can't just you shouldn't say like. Not only can you can't say that, you shouldn't say that, even if you have fears of that, even in the back of your mind that you can't, you might not be the guy that you, people told you you could be, or you even thought you would be one at some point. But um, they he was talking about his footwork. It's still, it's always with the damn footwork. And why is it called footwork? Why isn't it feet work? Hmm, that's a good question. You know? I, don't know. I know it yeah. sounds as uh, like is like uh, I know like because you don't you don't work one foot at a time. I mean they are in tandem. You work your feet. Just I was uh, thinking about why, is, working, working. why yeah. is it called football? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, really. Why is it called football? Well, a lot of people uh, would argue that it shouldn't be called football because, like, all the soccer people would say, right. you lose your feet the least. And what, what's a good name to call it? Otherwise, though, I wonder. Like, if you if you had to rename football, what would you name it? Oblog ball. <laughs> Tackle ball. Tackle ball. ball. There you and go. by the way, uh, this is this was um, uh, Matt Corral at at training camp today. This is him. Look how fast the football comes out of his hands. Zoom. I mean, the dude has an absolute howitzer. And Tony, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you. You uh-huh. said after after rookie minicamp, he looks small. He does not look small to me, Tony. Seeing him in comparison to some of the other players and just looking at his plays again, I mean, the dude's almost six foot two. I mean, you can say that he might need to add some weight, and I would probably agree with you on that. But this guy is bigger than Drew Brees. He's bigger than Russell Wilson. He's bigger than uh, Baker Mayfield. So, well, I, I mean, well, he's, I mean, he's, he's bigger than Kyler Murray. You could say taller, but he does look like he hasn't grown. He doesn't have a man body. Hmm. And, man, I'm, I mean, uh, and like I said, part I of this, again, has me been changed by, like, I'm forever going to compare every person to Cam Newton until someone surpasses cam newton as the quarterback for carolina you know what i'm saying like it's like they will always be the measuring stick but that was the thing is cam newton was like such a superb physical specimen mm-hmm. like he never what i'm it's like beside offensive linemen the kid the, the kid looks small that's all i'm saying it's not like he's tiny or like completely underside but he does look young he's got a baby face still i mean that's fine he's supposed he is young Right. My only thing I was pushing back on is like, for example, Kyler Murray 
looks well, really he, has, he looks tired yeah and, 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 and that I, is ridic- just, he's ridiculous and by, and by the way so even if he's not as big as russell wilson physically built right now he has the type of frame that can add more weight and i don't think that he's you know he's undersized to play the position now i'm not wanting him to you know be reckless and he is definitely gonna have to learn how to slide but this dude is tough as hell man he is absolutely fearless, and he is willing to step right up to an opposing defense and make all the big-time throws. And that's another thing that I've been listening to when listening to other people's evaluation of Matt Corral. The moment is not too big for him. It just isn't. He feels like he belongs there. Where I feel like Sam Darnold is, is trying to convince every, himself oh. that he's an NFL player. Well, I hope he is. He shouldn't have gotten drafted if he wasn't. And he was one of the top uh, quarterback prospects. Did you see the thing that came out? And I wonder where this information, um, how Jonathan Alexander was able to get some of this. I need to, We're going to get him back on the show soon. But did you hear him say that uh, the Panthers were not interested in Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett at all? To a certain, like, and that the only quarterback they even thought about picking at six was Matt Corral. I even saw that, but that day it was uh, him and um, Mayfield's twin from Carolina. Who's that kid from Carolina? Sam Howell. Those were the guys that they, Corral and Howell were the guys that Panthers, the Panthers were only interested in. They had no desire on Pickett or Malik Willis. Can we talk about how amazing, like how much Ben McAdoo will be given credit if Malik Willis, uh, Kenny Pickett, um, any of these guys that didn't, that went early that that we didn't want and Matt Corral and uh, whatever, Sam Howell, uh, both come out and they just dominate the NFL. Like how much of a freaking quarterback genius Ben McAdoo would look like I mean, he's already got a pretty good track record, but I mean, with with guys that are being picked in the third and 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 not really being touted as uh, as really high quality, uh, you know, draft picks. Uh, listen, I think that would be an incredible story. We're gonna find out. Um, I mean, I'm, I think I'm hopeful. I think we all have some optimism. You look at a lot of the the highlights. I mean, the biggest thing, and this is what I'd be interested to doing, interested in looking at, is the lowlights. Right, because we always get force fed the highlights. I'm ready to see what really is going to be his biggest concern and where he's maybe even watch his worst, you know, to five games. And then that way we can have an expectation of, hey, listen, stop thinking these guys are going to be perfect. And then that way it takes the pressure off of somebody like Matt Corral. Yeah. And there was definitely enough concerns on his film. I mean, there was some sometimes. He would face some deep ball inaccuracies. That's something he's going to need to get better at, too. Um, but again, one of the things I do want to reiterate, though, is that you, you shouldn't expect to see a ton of NFL type of reads if they're in an offense that doesn't allow them to do so. There were times on film where you would see Matt Corral go from one to two to three to four, sometimes even back to one and be able to fit those balls into the tight window right. that that's necessary. And uh, a, a lot, listen, uh, Chris Sims is another guy who had Matt Corral rated his number one quarterback prospect in this year's draft. Thought he had the 
most speed and the best arm out of any of these quarterbacks, even over Willis. So, again, we have a young prospect with all the talent, all the ability to do so. And I think that both Sam and Matt are in a good position. Like, I'm pulling for Sam Donald, man. Like, listen, if, if, if the idea is that you want to sit Matt Corral for as long as possible, then, hey, if Sam is good, let him play up to snuff. Let him be serviceable this year. Right. That way he can get himself another contract with another football team, and then Matt Corral can, can step in and assume next year. But that's a perfect world, and I'm here to tell you that I don't have any of that kind of belief in Sam, even though I want that to happen. So it's very early. I maintain the right to change this. But I think we're going to see Matt Corral by week three when we play New Orleans. I really do. I think they're going to give week one and week two. They're going to give Sam the benefit of the doubt. And if we lose some close games in those early two, I very, very easily think we could be talking about Matt Corral making his home debut against New Orleans. And boy, wouldn't that be the stuff of legends, dude? Come on. Bye week. Bye week. Um, oh, that long? You know, if, no. if Matt Corral turns out to be better than Kenny Pickett and them, um, just like um, who who did he get before? Josh Allen. McAdoo picked, uh, had Josh Allen ranked high. He had Patrick yeah. Mahomes ranked high over when, when everybody else, Lamar Jackson high, when everybody else was dumping on these people. Yeah. They, the world will be ashamed ashamed subscriber ashamed ck it's time time. for the voice that makes them moist to give them what they want oh well hello welcome to the carolina cat chronicle c3 panthers podcast you've joined in we've been going on and on about the carolina panthers for the past 48 minutes and you've stayed for every second of it or maybe you've joined in in the last five minutes, but still, you haven't hit that like button yet. I have one thing to say to all you motherfucking freaks. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 151 people watching. 63 thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live and into your life. Hey, man, if you like long-form discussions about your favorite football team, the Carolina Panthers, this is the place to be. Hit that like button, like my man Trail One says. Tony Dunn, what we got next? Um, Well, first, I want you guys to call into the show at 252-228-5098. Give us your perspective on this discussion about Ben McAdoo, Matt Corral, um, and Sam Darnold in the pan, you know, even Cam Newton, if that's something that you're interested in talking about, you can find ways to support the show. Uh, like we said, uh, by just being part of it, but also you can, um, super chat. Uh, there's other monetary ways you can support the show. You can go buy a t-shirt on Carolina cat Um, I wanted to bring up this. Oh, something off topic. Does anybody know how big cats family did on the family feud tonight? No, I just saw that uh, that he was on. I, I didn't. I didn't see the show. I didn't get a chance to watch him. No. 
That's inter- that's kind of cool. Like, I mean, that's a fun thing. I think, like, uh, if you could go on uh, a show, what's that? Let's put that up as a question in the chat room. Uh, what would be the game show you would want to go on? You know, I think there's some top ones right there. I mean, for me, Jeopardy is a top one. Mm. Uh, the Price is Right has got to mm. be a top one. Family Feud is a cool one. Mm-hmm. I think of some other ones back in the day. There used to be a bunch of good game shows back in the day. You could say, who wants to be a millionaire? Wheel of Fortune. Case. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune. My wife. My wife would do- dominates Wheel of Fortune. Like she yeah. needs to go do it. And they give out a lot of money on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, they do. You know, like is that uh they you know, Jeopardy is like the stingiest one. You just gotta win a lot in Jeopardy is what it is. Yeah. If you yeah. if you if you only win the first person, yeah, and only one person gets the money. But like right. on everybody's a winner on Wheel of Fortune and and price like, is you, right mean, you get a thousand you only get a thousand dollars for being in second place on Wheel of Fortune or something like that. I mean, on Jeopardy, but like on um, Wheel of Fortune, you get more money. I think you get what you earned, right? Yeah, if it were, I think yeah. so. If it were still around, it would be Deal or No Deal. Yeah, that's a damn. Is that the yeah, cases? I, I, I agree. Yeah, Deal or No Deal. Is that the briefcases with yeah. the hot girls? Yeah, I mean that is that, that is still around, isn't it? Doesn't Wayne Brady do that? No. Now? So no, now uh, Netflix has a show called Bullshit, and yes, you I basically have to convince. You basically have to convince everyone else that you know the answer even if you got it wrong like you have Actually to convince them that yeah kind of like it, celebrity it is, squares yeah but yeah uh, that how celebrity squares worked do you remember where they would know. say something and yeah, like, like you, you either voted for yeah. the, like their answer or not as if you thought that was like this the right is a answer. there's a great gilbert godfrey uh yes i love that, they went that like clip. seven times getting it wrong the um the difference here with this one is that it is uh it is the comp like so the people that you're trying to fool you're the you're, if you're trying to fool the people that are uh th- there's three people you're trying to fool and if you fool them or if you get the answer right then you move on so you can you 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 get the next um you know that it's sort of like who wants to be a millionaire you get the next tier of money um and uh yeah. And so now the reason that you're the other people are trying to guess, like if they if they guess that you're bull, full of shit and you say they say bullshit and you are you didn't know the answer to the question, then yeah. then you get eliminated. Um, and whoever had the best like uh, the best. What is it? Uh, the best guess uh, the, percentage of whether it was bullshit or not gets to be yeah, the next contestant. The, the, if you so, guess how many times it was bullshit and you basically have to trick one person. You yeah. have to get one people or one person to believe you're lying to bullshit if you got the question wrong. Right. Uh, it's it's almost like Among Us, to be truly honest with you. It's like the same right. kind of premise as that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, Greg, what would you go on? I got some good old school ones, too, to bring up. I mean, I go classics, man. I go Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune, and Jeopardy. To be honest with it you, would be really fun for us all to go on the prices right Ooh, together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not? Like where you got the crowd. Like back in the day, it was so awesome. With who was the Bob Barker, right? Uh, like that oh, was like the golden. Right, yeah. How about uh, Press Your Luck? Do you remember that one? The No Whammies, No Whammies, No Whammies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. The guy with the little. Bu- uh, they they've man. redone that show like 15 times. Really. I, yeah. I go on wipe out. Here is the number one you gotta go on, a a double dare. Yeah, 
when we were kids, like that was like the coolest. Like I would still go on that right now. Like oh, that's why I said go on Wipeout. It's like the adult version of Double Dare. Yeah, I said thank you. Do y'all remember this show? Most extreme elimination. Oh my god, MXC, dude! It was an old Japanese game show, like kind of like Ninja Warrior, but way before. And it was just these people. They would do this obstacle course, and they would eat shit, dude. They would do nothing but fall and break their ribs and all this other crap. But uh, they used to have voiceovers because it was in Japanese. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So they would do voiceovers. It was like all comedic and people. stuff like that. Yeah, that one was super fun. There it was the best recently. show ever, man. They I feel like it's a show you couldn't do right today, though. Like, with the climate the world yeah, is in, yeah. yeah probably what about they american had Gladiators? some uh, reboots of that uh, american ninja warrior that have come along and i saw this yeah. one the one day where you had to like try to run across Legend. this bridge but you like it wasn't a bridge like it just but there were these doors <laughs> that people stood behind and like as you ran by open the door and just you would just eat like i mean sometimes it would just miss you or something but sometimes Mm -hmm. they would just smash (laughs) you would see this old guy get knocked out another fun one would be cool i don't think i got the chops for it though american gladiator back in the day yes i want to totally do that tennis ball war i know Mm -hmm. dude that's what i was thinking just now that's the only thing i remember See, Ken, I know you're a 90s kid like me, right? Legends of the Hidden Temple. That was a a big time show. Dude, (laughs) uh, remember remember Guts? They had Mm -hmm. the aggro crag. That was like the junior American Gladiators. Yeah, Yeah. man. They had global guts. They would bring in a kid from like different parts of the world to compete in the show. Damn, man. Mm. We just started reminiscing hard, yo. Why are we not not putting names in for this shit? Like, why are we not putting our names down to try to get it? Like, hey, listen, we're a podcast family. Let's let's do it. Let's figure one out. My, you know, I had a friend that went on Jeopardy when in graduate school. My buddy Wilson York uh, went on Jeopardy and slayed it, dude. Like, he lost by $3. With thirty thousand, oh. with thirty, I mean, he did the full final Jeopardy, everything, and the guy ahead of him knew yeah. exactly how much he needed to get as well. Uh, but just kill, and so we both had the same uh, mentor, like our thesis advisor, and a good friend of ours, Carl Swanson, and he. I call Carl up. This is like when you still had to watch TV. You know, man, this was oh eight. So, I mean, it was like half. I called him up. I go, "Did you see Wilson?" He, he killed it, man. He did awesome. And our thesis advisor was such a good mentor, but very conservative with com- compliments. Like when you got a compliment from him, you held on to it like a baby and he just loved it and enjoyed it. And he goes, and so the first thing, Wilson goes and kills it, dude. And it's like awesome. I was like, man, I would have, I would have never done this great. He goes, yeah, he really blew that golden globes category <laughs> that was like his first comment with a big <laughs> criticism about performance i was just like typical carl typical carl All right. uh yeah it's uh so if you've known somebody who's been on a game show that was cool we know somebody there's a panther youtuber the big cat who's on his whole family i think family feud is a cool one It'd that is a cool game. like if we could that's what we need to do we should have ooh, maybe battle we'll of the podcast 
podcast family feud where we do our own against another podcast. Oh, that would be dope. Where it's us versus the other podcast. It's not a bad idea, to be truly honest with you. Yeah. I bet if you wrote them, that'd be a good idea. in the offseason. I have some yeah. fun. Um, all right, so what's up? What else is on the docket of a football talk before we get into the cars? I'm trying to think is um really yeah. I don't even know what else is going on. Other OTAs are going on. Oh, Jimmy G's still in the conversation of being traded. Yeah. So we were talking about Kim, not for real necessarily to the Panthers. Yeah. Uh sideshow Rob, that's great. Pat Coltrane would be a great host. <laughs> He would be a good be awesome. game show host. Oh yeah, dude, he he was awesome the last time that uh, that uh, we did something with him. He was like the debate moderator for us. In yeah. yeah, yeah, Um So, what else is there um, going on with the Panthers? We've talked a little bit about the Cam and Matt Corral, Ben McAdoo. Oh, I I got one thing I want to talk about is. I uh, I'm rooting like you said. I mean, I'm rooting for Sam Darnold and Matt Rule at this point. Like I've kind of I'm trying to put my negativity away now, and we're starting with a not a clean slate. I'm not forgetting the past. I'm not being naive about my criticisms of the past. But like, hey, I'm not rooting for failure of these guys. You know, I want them to prove what last year was was wrong was not their best version right? right because after year one with matt rule i didn't think it was as bad last year i thought oh god everything and really is him having to redo his staff i think showed you how bad it really was mm. behind the scenes but he looks more relaxed to me he doesn't look like he's about to fall apart right now right and maybe that's just this because like you're on the football field. This is where he does well, where he gets to go around and pat the guys on the shoulder pads or whatever and, you know, buddy up beside him. Like, that's kind of his where he – that's his lane. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy that is, like, sort of likable, I think, on a small-scale interaction, Um, you know, is like, is like if you went to a party with him, he would just, like, never – be the dude that was just completely right. disliked in a conversation. You might get tired of him after a while, but uh, he doesn't look so completely stressed. And it might be the time of the year. It might be that, you know, like what, when else are you going to be like, this is the least stressful part of the year, but it, he looks a little thinner in the face, a little bit more relaxed. I thought not yep. like, Towards the end of last year, man, it was just like this. It just looked bad. It was just like hard to listen to him, hard to look at him. What do you think about his demeanor? Have you guys noticed anything? I hadn't really been paying attention. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm just trying to figure out. like about, about, about Matt Rule? Yeah, like just kind of the face. Almost he always. I can read it. Yeah, I, I noticed that too, man. He doesn't. I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but he doesn't seem happy to be here. I kind of feel like he thought the NFL was going to be one thing, and then it turned out to be something uh, kind of different. Uh, I yeah. think also, you know how there was that time last year when apparently oh, his family couldn't go to Hornets games without people booing him? Like, I just wonder if he's soured on this whole thing, and now he's just desperately – trying to piece it together with the right coaching staff, with the right players, 
I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I have no doubt that the man wants to be successful. But you're right, Tony. When I watch his press conferences, you know, I don't see a happy, excited, full of energy. No, I'm saying the coach. opposite. I'm I'm saying the opposite. He looks relaxed, like more relaxed now than he did six months ago. Uh, mm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that from him. Okay. Maybe maybe he's taking the advice and he's realizing that coming in, like it, maybe it's a combination of both. Like it, he realized coming in, it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. And he's finally making the turn to do what people that have been successful have told him he needed to be doing. And maybe he is more relaxed because of that. Yeah, I think it is. is a, and I think it's got to do too with him settling into maybe being humbled a bit mm-hmm. to where now you're giving Scott Fitter more. Like you let Scott do his job. You let these guys do their job, and then you just go be the head coach, uh, and you do that job first. Get good at that right. before we start thinking about how you should be the the running the whole franchise. Right. Right. So, any other Panther news that's going down? J.C. Horn addressed the media, uh, talked yeah. about how um, how he was in the rehab room a lot, and the you know trying to get stronger, get better, and in that time. Uh, hung out with Stefan Gilmore, right? And that was a lot of the things that a lot of people, uh, that that was one of the big, I guess, positives of Stefan Gilmore was seeing him as a mentor to J.C. Horn. Both both South Carolina kids too, right? Both went to you, uh, South Carolina? Yeah, both, both went to South Carolina. Um, and, and he, he also that talked, he to- talked with him about some film. They watched some film together and some things like yeah. that. Yeah, um, I, I also... Uh, you know, he talked about Steve Wilkes and how much he thinks Steve Wilkes is going to help his game and, and how he plays and just being a, a field general in the backfield. Uh, Jeremy Chan also uh, went up to the podium today talking about how he intends to be more of that full-time safety role this year uh, as a part to being a linebacker like he's kind of been for us in recent, uh, in recent history. Uh, I, I feel like everyone is finally starting to settle into their roles now, Tony. Um, I, you know, I even been thinking about this defensive line. I'm not even necessarily as worried about our pass rush anymore. I think that when you add your Turgos Matos, Marquise Haynes, um, uh, Barno now, I mean, I think that with those guys in rotation, you know, and Frankie Louvu to that as well, we might be able to, even if it's not exactly making up for what we lost in Hassan Reddick, I think we have guys that will be able to come close. And another thing I wanted to mention, too, that we don't talk about enough uh, when mentioning Hassan Reddick leaving the defense, how many times have we talked about Brian Burns and his near misses, right? He could have easily had 15 sacks last year. Mm -hmm. If Brian Burns takes another step forward, he can still be that shut-down premier pass rusher that the Panthers drafted him to be. So if he takes another step forward and the right side is that kind of pass rush by committee type of look, I feel like our defense has has the potential to really come out humming this year just like we did last year, if not better. I think I heard too that uh, Xavier Woods was not at the, but the, um, just had a child. Xavier Woods and one other player both had children this past week. Um, who was the other one? Of 
so they missed. They were not at workouts. Oh, I saw. I saw Robbie wasn't there. Somebody put that in the chat. Yeah, Robbie and um, Cam Irvin. Yeah, Cam Irvin. That's the one. He had. They. He had a kid too. So yeah. it was Irving and um, Xavier Woods Robbie, that were yeah. there for family reasons. Let's actually check in on Robbie Anderson. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> Uh, on the Robbie Anderson translator. I cannot oh, by the way, show up. That's... You never uh you never fully told me what your uh pirate radio but you thought of my uh 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 he thought uh, your take is is idiotic. <laughs> it uh, isn't it isn't one, your, at uh, all your my, Matt Corral uh, over Matt Corral Price Young. Yeah. Uh it's not at all. This oh man, Robbie Anderson deleted a tweet. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it was something uh, about uh, when it rains. Uh, <laughs> but we not, do have a, um, the translation to whatever tweet was deleted was the rain today made me rest very well today. I work, I worked really hard this week as always. That was the Robbie to English. You can find Robbie to English on Twitter. Uh, here we go. This is. Uh, had to fall back. You know how that go. We only speaking briefly. Uh, Robbie Anderson, translator at Robbie to English says, I had to take distance respectfully. You understand how that goes, though. We were only talking momentarily. I think we may have even read that one in the past. So you guys go follow, follow Robbie Anderson, uh, Robbie to English. One day I want to try to this season coming up, maybe, or sometime we go forward into the summer. Uh, do you guys remember on David Letterman when they used to go talk to Rupert? Uh, he was the sandwich guy downstairs, and they would have him like read off stuff and things like. So maybe we can get a little cameo uh, of Robbie to English. Uh, you got to wonder is like what is the role of Terrace Marshall Jr. going forward now? You know, I mean, and Robbie Robbie has become um, the opposite of what he was in the first season. You know, is like the likable guy that kind of brought a sort of levity in a way to a, to the situation that had a good relationship. It seemed like with the coaching staff, then he goes and sits out after having a thousand yard year and like hard balls, the negotiation, which was smart on his part, very smart on his part. But think about this, this is why I always like, don't fault the players for this is because then he goes and has a cruddy season the next year. And if that would have happened and he wouldn't have gotten paid, he wouldn't have gotten paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you got to kind of strike when the iron's hot. But now he's become this kind of, I, you know, you, I just wonder what the coaching staff thinks about his fit in Carolina. The fan base is starting to get annoyed with him. You know, I don't feel like, I mean, it's not like that, oh, what's that bear doing? You know, that is, we don't get that anymore. Now it's like um, people are arguing with him on the Internet, so. Um, I think that is, we miss any news. We'll go into some calls and we'll try to um, kind of pick apart the discussion as we go through the calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's jump into the first cat call. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good like that 
Hey, we got fellas. It's Corey calling in. I'm uh, in the middle of listening to the last two days show, and uh, I'm on this uh, Detroit Pride segment y'all on. And Cody, you know you my dog. You know I love you, tape. I'm on your head this week, man. You got to ice up for this Troy Pride take, man. And not because... How? Let, 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 me, let me go ahead and get this out of the way right now. I, I'm i in the same boat as, as you are with Troy Pride. I feel like as any other Panthers fan would be with Troy Pride. Like, I really don't care. He wasn't a difference maker for this defense. Um, <clears throat> he got stuck. We're not going to miss him next year. I don't think he had any untapped potential or anything that we're going to miss or we're going to look down the line and, and see, damn, we should have gave Troy Pride more opportunities. But, Cody... I got to I got to ice you up for this, man. You can't you can't sit here and be so dismissive of a fourth round pick in Troy Pride, and 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 I say I say like this, man. If next week the Panthers end up cutting Shy Smith or Deontay Brown, your ass would be up on this podcast having a fit, man. And 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 and, and, and you know it. Uh, 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 Tony knows it. Everybody knows it, man. With you, 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 we we can't have these players that you you just latch onto and you want to cape for that haven't done anything for this team. And, and then just be so dismissive on Troy Pride, man. Like but there's a reason to came for him. on Troy Pride last off season. I remember you you guys had a conversation, and you were like, "Nah, geez, he's 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 a bum. He's a fourth round pick. If he makes the team, it's you know what I'm saying it's going to be the best case scenario for him." It's like, all right, cool, understand that. But yeah, don't get up on here every week telling me how Deontay Brown is 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 poised to be our next starting guard. And Shot Smith could be oh, Patty Taylor. To, I know. No, yeah, bro, he's a late-round right. pick. Just like Troy Pryor was a late-round pick. And nope. these dudes have not done anything in the league just like he hasn't done anything in the league, man. Same for C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson, I'm... I'm I, I, a I, difference. I, I got a yeah. bad place in my heart for C.J. Henderson. He's a bum. He's a first-round pick that got traded after his rookie year by a trash organization, man. Not even a first-round pick. We talk about a top-ten pick. A top-ten pick who, yes, he's been injured. And he's been on running different defenses, but he's got two years in the league and nothing to show for it. He's got the same stats as Troy Price, and he was a top ten pick. So you know, I don't want to hear like that 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 we're not gonna miss this guy, we're not gonna miss this guy. But it's like we're not. These guys are all on the same level, man. We we weren't a good team, and and a lot of these guys couldn't even get playing time on a bad team. So like these guys all are as until proven otherwise. I guess that's really my main point of that. But you know, hopefully, um. It didn't, get, it didn't get too lost in what I was trying to say. But like I said, man, love everything y'all do. Appreciate the content. Y'all keep coming up, man, man. Man, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Can I tell you, you're muted. Can I tell you the difference between Deontay Brown, Shai Smith, and Troy Pride? Troy Pride was given an opportunity. Troy Pride had a number of different starts for the Carolina Panthers and never wowed anyone. In fact, there was times when Troy Pride was the reason why the play was busted because the man was just in busted coverage, not doing his job. I mean, I'm not hating on Troy pride, but we haven't even seen Deontay given a real opportunity to be a starter on the offensive line. Like others have been given the opportunity. Shy Smith dealt with a bunch of injuries last year. Oh, in his stop, first stop. Year. You just want there Shai is Smith a difference. to be good. You just want, here's the thing is Shy Smith. It, like is look, now, we're not trying to say he stinks, but you can't look at T- Troy Pride as more accomplished player than Shy Smith is. And I like, mean, it, yeah, and they're both right. They're both flyers. Like they're all flyers. They're not supposed to. In fact, here's the thing: is that what's strange? As you said, it's a fourth round pick in the show last week. Who cares? And the irony of that is that you're so high on Matt Corral, and he's a third round pick. 
But my point is, it's like here, it's like you like you just want Shai Smith to be awesome. It's like the I mean, like you just want him to be awesome. We don't know. I don't know. I want him to get an opportunity to have one season healthy before we dismiss him. I want Terrace Marshall Jr. to do something. I don't care about those shy Smith. Yeah, we want both I care of them. But we're talking about, about Troy Smith. Pride. Troy Pride is the player who I don't give a shit about because he had the opportunity to actually prove himself to be on this football team. He was and put ultimately, in a we upgraded past him. There's a reason he was our why number Deontay one Brown corner. And he was our number one on corner as a rookie and like a like a late round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's that like a nothing. No, what I'm saying is that when I say number, that like that's a tough position. Is the old Ben A. Ben Wickery argument to me is that they put Ben A. in a situation that was like destined for failure, right? It's like you shouldn't be if you're an under talented player trying to scrap in to make the roster. You shouldn't be going against Julio. That was my yeah. Point. They put like, I just think is this is Troy Pride. I think it's just like easy to shit on him. That's it. That's My only point it's is that easy. there is fine. There, say what you want. There is still reason to be more hopeful about Deontay Brown and Shy Smith oh, than God. there ever was with Troy Pride. And That's I must stay on that. All right. Uh, the number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. It's me, Connor. And so uh, I'm going in tonight. So it's pretty dry, honestly. I mean, the NFL has been pretty dry lately. For the Panthers, and so I'm just calling in because I want to hear you guys. Um, I want to hear you guys talk about and what is your opinion on us making one more big. If we if, if we make one more big move this offseason, whether it be trade, free agency, anything, what would you guys want that move to be? If it could be your dream scenario move, however, I would like for it to be realistic, like nothing like us bringing in. Patrick Mahomes for the next thirty seconds for the next thirty-seven first round picks that we have. But yeah, uh, uh, let me know what your thoughts are, guys. I'd love to hear your opinions on what your dream would be for us to finish off the off. It's simple. There's only one. Well, there's two answers to this question. I think okay. I think there's two answers. Um, this is not my first one. I'm gonna give you B first. Would be a linebacker. Like, like, go get a linebacker that has some gas in the tank that could be um, an upgrade right away. Like a maybe a trade for kind of a Levante David addition. Now, I know I'm not saying Levante, but I'm just trying to think of a guy who is like a vet now who's not in the twilight of their career. You know, that could be like a primetime addition. That would be cool primetime linebacker with a team and I don't know who that player would be right but I think the the answer is a tight end hmm. like I mean think about this is like is right now you went and got your left tackle you went and got your you have your right tackle and like I mean you're not going to go and trade and get like the anchor that's not going to help you because you got a quantity you know you think you got those things uh, you went and made some additions and some positive upgrades at center and guard, right, with Bozeman and Corbett. You really think now we're starting to feel like, hey, that there is going to be some depth on this offensive line. Man, we really hopefully are going to see an offensive line that was 
really just atrocious in talent, right? Go from a talentless offensive line to potentially a very talented offensive line. So you see that jump. So what you what you could use is this is like I mean I don't even know if it's not a wide receiver right you got DJ right I mean I like it's like it's not a Odell Beckham Jr really doesn't help us a ton I don't think you know that type of player but I think a badass tight end would help Yes Yeah but like you know I'm on, I'm on this youth movement you know I want to see Tommy Tremble you know, I, I mean, maybe... Well, you could still I, see him. You could still see him. I'm not saying that. It's like here is the problem is this is right now you have Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. Imagine yeah. Tommy Tremble and... I'm trying to think of a, a player that would be close. Like somebody a tier under Gasecki, a tier under... Um, who's that like uh, Oakland tight end? That's awesome. Waller. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, or like you know maybe I mean? like I Mark Andrews, it, Baltimore. Yeah, like something like yeah. that. That would, I think, be um, a big hit. Tyler Higby said, like that type of thing. Yeah, I think that would be. That's my answer. I, agree. I don't even really know who all the big name free agents available are. I don't well, know if there almost, are any you're probably thinking agent. not free agent at this point. You're probably thinking acquisition trade. through a trade or else right. it's just going to be kind of lateral, you, don't, you know, or else you, nothing exciting as it do is. Do we not think Trimble has the, the option? I mean, the, the potential? I mean, a lot of these tight ends have been that, that you see as great tight ends have been drafted uh, in the in the later rounds. So, I mean, I think he has the potential to still come out here and and be a a very good tight end, especially now that there's going to be an offense that's designed to get them the ball more frequently than uh, in the in the past two or three years. I hope that he works out, and I'd, I'd love to give him a chance because I mean he has a superhero name, like to T, like Tommy Tremble. That's that's right out of a comic book, you know. Mm-hmm. So I hope the guy works out. But I, I, I agree with Tony. I I think that's the position we need to focus on next because. Every team that takes it to the next level that's consistent every year with being a tender has a knockout tight end. And, and we do, I do think he has that potential, uh, CK, but I also thought Ian Thomas had that potential at one point. After his rookie year, Ian Thomas goes out there and catches 400 yards or whatever and had two touchdowns or something. Man, we're like, oh, man, Ian Thomas is about to be. And, you know, Ian Thomas is the brand, according to – Matt Rule, Matt Rule loves to me and Thomas, but um, I, I'm saying like an addition, like it would not have a hurt to put the Jeremy Shockey beside the Greg Olson, right? You know, I mean, like what else? I just don't know. I mean, like adding a running back doesn't like what position group would really have. We think our secondary is pretty good, right? We think our receiving group for the most part. I mean, maybe a big body receiver. But that's what you that's what we yeah. I mean, so like really where would be a guy that would be on the field a lot and also not take away from the productivity of somebody else? Right. It's like I think if we added a a high end, a higher end tight end, that wouldn't necessarily negate Tremble's development or role in the audience. It It would just add. It it could, you're right. Uh, but I mean, there, there's plenty of examples uh, of dual tight end threats, you know. And, and even if you only bring a guy in and only have him for uh, bring in a veteran who's still got some gas left in the tank, and have him 
uh, come in for a few years and teach the, the Tommy Trimble a little better. Maybe that helps him. That's the same kind of concept with sitting a quarterback, but the difference there is that tight end can still get play time if he's sitting behind a veteran, which is where I think that works a little better in that situation. But I'll tell you what, if Tommy Tr- – I'm hoping for him. If he comes out next year and has a great season, I'll buy a Tommy Trimble jersey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm thinking about going. What? Oh, that's another good question. What jersey do you want? Uh, I'm thinking about stepping out and Bolden and Matt corralling it. You know, that's what I want. I'm, I'm thinking JC Horn like right now. Yeah, I, I like JC Horn right now. Um, um, who else would be a good jersey? Oh, um, right. a chin. Jerry you know, chin, chin yeah. would be is, is a great one to buy. Yeah. Um. To me, it's Matt Corral and J.C. Horn. Those, yeah. those are the ones. Or you could just go Icky. That'd yeah, good that's a good one, too, That'd man. Good one. Trimble, though, is good. Just the name alone, like yeah. you said. I'm trembling. Yeah. That's what we used to. Every time he caught the ball, me and my boy would go, we're trembling, trembling. <laughs> I'd love to have a Brian Burns jersey. I really would. You know, like I said, I really yeah, hope. He just, he just needs to take a, a little step, just a little step, and he's going to be one of the best in the league. Well, the key with buying a jersey, too, is to get a good shelf life on that jersey. So they right. either have to have just signed a big deal or be on that rookie contract. So that helps mm-hmm. you. So you're safe with a J.C. Horn. You're safe with an Icky. You're safe with, like, maybe even a Trimble because you're going to get two or three more years. Burns were it- inching towards safe now because they have said they wanted to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, but before this past season, you could have been like, man, he might not be. A panther in the future like i mean right. he might hit free agency and then that would stink so yeah all right let's keep going through with the calls 252-228-5098 hey thank you lane kind of calling a while dealing with selling a house and yeah. all the stuff that goes with it we're waiting to um, move any calls since, yeah. call since before the draft love the draft um everyone keeps saying we need to bring a veteran quarterback veteran quarterback veteran quarterback because we need to push sam darnold sam Darnold already knows he's up against the wall with basically a loaded gun to his head. He has to perform or he's out. Um, it's happened in the past where rookie quarterbacks have pushed the incumbent uh, out the door or to the where it's pushing and training him to be better. Alex Smith and Patrick Baum showed up. Uh, you got Dak Prescott. I'm with Tony Romo, how he was pushing Tony Romo. And then Tony Romo goes, okay, we're fine. We're good. Boom, good. Um, Tom Brady, of course, in the famous case. But I do think that we don't need to bring anyone else. Let's not waste the money. And let's just ride with Sam Darnold. See what he can do with his offensive line that's actually worth something. I mean, come on. This is, probably, this is the best offensive line we've had since probably 2012. If yeah. not before that. Hopefully. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, after what we're doing right now, all Rob Hill fans. Oogly. Oogly, oogly. But that's all I got. Um, I want to hear what you guys think. Do um, you think middle linebacker? I think is on my biggest question. Other than that, I think I'm, we're good. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yeah, uh, I mean, go ahead, Greg. I was good. I, wasn't uh, I thought I thought I, was I heard typing, you say something. I, I mean, I like what you said about an offensive line. Uh, you know, potentially being uh, as good as it's been in a very long time. You know, he said 20 years. I, I don't know. One of the things I will say, Tony, that gives me pause about listening to Matt Rule today is he continued to mention the names Pat Elflin and Michael Jordan as names that could be 
starting guards for us this year. And it's just so disheartening, man. And I don't well, know if that wasn't that terrible. He wasn't the he was not. I felt like he wasn't good either. Child. No, I mean, mm. but he was one of those guys that was, I think, an undrafted free agent or, you know, what I mean, like, again, one of these types of players that if they are OK, that is better than you expected them to be. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. It was the other guys. It was there was a couple of other bums on that line. But you're right. Is this is man? If we see like F one is like, ugh. yeah. It's like what have we been doing, man? Why do we never? Why do we never advance? Why do we never evolve into the next version of what this offensive line is supposed to look like? It's that's where Matt Rule, being the coach, is still terrifying. Right. Seeing how bad this offensive line was mismanaged last year, and then it's like we're we're basically hoping that James Campen and Ben McAdoo have enough sway in this organization to stop him from making terrible. I think they do. I think rule has to respect their pedigree at this point. And here is the thing that that was problematic. We went through, do you remember about, you know, three quarters of the way through the season last year, we spent maybe 45 minutes doing a show about the lack of, um, NFL experience on the coaching staff. And we dug into the deep, deep assistants, like even the assistants of the assistants, and they didn't have any experience. I think part of the reason that Matt Rule developed the staff that lacked NFL experience is because he was a college coach and his ties, his the people he knew to call, right? Like he could pick up the phone and call these dudes. He didn't know those guys. Wait, what, is he going to call Tom Coughlin up and be like, can you refer me to somebody? And that was, but but him being an NFL coach for two years gave him access to the NFL group. Mm-hmm. And now he got NFL coaches. And yeah, I think so. I think that if anything, I'm starting to want, I think McAdoo is the reason we picked Matt Corral. I, I think McAdoo's the reason we didn't pick Kenny Pickett. Man. Can I you think imagine McAdoo, how terrible it would have been if Matt Rule had just had the reins of this organization, like right. still? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we don't know how much is going, but it does seem like there was less pressure on Rule to be the decision maker on these things, and so that's a good thing. I mean, these are good things, but like, you cannot tell me that he's not going to disregard camping. Campen's got more NFL success than he does. Yeah, far more. You know, so, I mean, is that so is the thing? Is like he, and so we have to have faith that those guys, their experience at the NFL level will prevent us from just playing players because we like their coachability mm-hmm. or whatever it is. The harder they get yeah. coached, the harder we got to coach thing. You know, is that it feels like this is McAdoo, is going to pick the right guy, like is going to be helpful to these quarterbacks. I think that Campen's going to be helpful. I think we see the special teams take a big. That's what I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Is that Tabor, that Chris Tabor guy. He's got 15 years of being a special teams coordinator. And that's important. That's important to have had the job for that long in the NFL. That's a big accomplishment. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go on with the next call. 
Hey, this is uh, White Chalky Espresso here from uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Tony, Tony, what's going on with our hurricanes? I know. What's going on with oh. our boys right now? I mean, I don't know what's going on. This is the worst period of hockey I've ever seen in my life, eh? I had to go to the corner store and give me a couple of Mickeys. I'm drinking myself to death over here watching this goddamn hockey game. You know, the Panthers, man, there's nothing going on with the Panthers. Oh, fuck, I said, I'm going to go watch the hockey game and you know, drink me a couple of Mickeys. <laughs> so fucking, eh? I'm from Canada, eh? you watching this hockey game, eh? The worst. <laughs> Keep pounding. Where's the throw-up sign-off? Uh, he slammed a couple of bootleggers. Probably uh, the the hurricanes are off their game and mm. um, it's just, well, you know, it's, it's tough to win on the road. It is. I mean, I think the Rangers are a good team and they got a good goalie. They got a great goalie. That's the end of the, that's the end of that. And, and where the hell is my favorite player just missing in action all damn season? Natchez. Good God, if he doesn't do something and use that big, awesome body and be like an old next Eric Lindros, I'm so disappointed. He's had a sophomore. He's in a sophomore slump. Sophomore slump. So, yeah, tough for the Canes. we got to get back to PNC. Uh, And what's really neat about this, guys, is PNC. Here, Here, a little dovetail this to a Carolina Panthers discussion. PNC Arena and the Carolina Hurricanes have the best home ice, like they have the best home environment out of all North Carolina sports teams. I could probably agree with that. I mean, they, it's all Hurricane fans. They don't even allow you to buy out of state people to buy tickets. How cool is that? They, for the playoffs, they said, nope, you have to show your residency in North Carolina to buy a ticket. That's dope. That's I think that's cool. cool. I mean, they have, and and even people across the country and the nation are starting to recognize how awesome it is. But here's the fun thing about that is, uh, it's really easy for a place that seats twenty thousand indoors, very small, to get rocking. Mm-hmm. You know, is that when you have a big open air stadium. And you put 80,000 people in, it's still hard to generate that kind of crazy environment. But and you put a, a small, like we're all on top of each other, that like the angle of it, it's inside. It's a easy kind of environment to really get thumping quick. So, all right, uh, 252-228-5098. What's up, C3 Panthers Nation? It's Anthony and hey. man. Good name. After watching these OTAs today, I've been tweeting a lot on Twitter. The first thing I want to say is if Corral beats out Sam Darnold, take the job and run with it, okay? Our season yeah. is going to re- – it's really going to show what we need to do at the quarterback position if we don't go after Jimmy or Baker. If Sam Darnold stays with the job, then, you know, we need to draft a quarterback next year. Because if Matt Corral cannot even beat out Sam Darnold, then we got an issue. But the best part is we only we took Corral in only the third round. So it's not like he's going to be a first-round bust or anything like that. And I know a lot of Panthers fans don't want this. Listen, man, personally for me, I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan, like just of the person. 
And I, I think Cleveland did him dirty after turning around the franchise, bringing them to the playoffs, creating a new culture. I feel like he will be a good one-year mentor for Matt Corral, just because I don't see Sam Darnold teaching Corral anything that he can already know. I mean, there's tweets coming out saying like, oh, well, Sam still looks like a project quarterback, this and that. It's like, I mean, guys, come on, man. How, how long are we going to uh, save the waters for this dude before it sinks? I mean, he really hasn't proved anything. And the last thing I want to say, for all the people that say Baker and Sam have identical stats, that is not true at all. In 10 more starts, I think Baker has been Darnold. He still posts up better averages, even if Darnold was to play those 10 games. So in reality, I just want to, I just want to say, I don't think anything can get worse from Darnold. And that's why many of these Panther fans and maybe even the Panthers are hesitant to take a shot on another QB just because Sam Darnold didn't work out the way they wanted to. But yeah, that's just my opinion, guys. Keep pounding. Appreciate everything you do. C3 Panthers fans, I'll tune in this Friday. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Thanks, Thanks, Andrew. Awesome. Good call, man. Um, I want to just briefly touch on this mentor conversation. Um, First, the idea is right. is like Sam Darnold mentor. Sam Darnold needs to mentor himself first, right, before he starts thinking about mentoring anyone else, right? Like he hasn't even done anything. Um. And maybe, you know, maybe that means he is a backup destined to be a backup quarterback. And, you know, those who can't do, what do we do? We teach. teach. It's kind of the worst thing you can tell. It hurts a teacher's soul. It does. It's so mean. But it is kind of true in some ways. And that's why, like, Chris Sims is really good about talking about being a quarterback, but not being. But not being a quarterback. (laughs) But but there is not – where is ever this mentorship in the NFL? It's non-existent. There is like you, you find me an example of that. And it kind of goes back to that quote is like, remember when Cam, when we lost, he said, is show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Is that like, give me an example. Aaron Rodgers won't even give the damn playbook to the backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Why do you I mean, think? Why do you think the um, who was the guy he used to play for ECU? Kirk Benkirk plays so much Madden. That's the only way he could get access to the damn Green Bay playbook. What did Tom Brady do to mentor anybody along the way? When did you ever hear about Drew Brees like coaching up another quarterback or something? Give yeah. me an example of this mentor quarterback. Brett Favre hated Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers hated. Uh, love where is it where is the mentor thing unless it's just some old vet that's been bouncing around the league who's in the twilight of his career and he's on a team with a young quarterback that's destined to be the starter anyway mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. That, that's why i have the biggest issue with sitting the quarterback because i get like the argument is learning the nfl speed and, and the game but like you're not playing with the first strings in practice. You're not playing against NFL competition. You're virtually just getting a really good seat and, and getting the inside track on the playbook. Um, salesman said we aren't doing shit until we get rule out of here. I 
Well, you know, um, shout out to the den mom, Susan Dean. I know she's she's had some knee surgeries and stuff, so she has been like not staying up as late. Not, but she'll be back with us. You know, every now and then she'll drop in and say something to me. She listens to pirate radio every Friday, uh, and every Friday she puts up one comment immediately when the show starts, and it's just hashtag fire mat room. I think she was <laughs> spotted at the cookout recently i saw this on reddit um <laughs> this is somebody somebody put this picture this is a car and cookout uh it's fire mat rule uh i thought that was was funny so there there you go salesman it's either salesman or um susan dean right there um so um you know, but we'll see. How is how we we need Sam? You know, Sam Darnold. One of the things I thought that was interesting about the press conference today too is that Matt Rule goes, "Well, like we're bringing in this new offense, but all these concepts are, you know, there's nothing really new in the NFL. It's like they're NFL concepts, concepts." But then it was funny. You heard Sam Darnold say, "He's like every offense I've ever been in has been completely different." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. he was talking about having to burn and mentally burn the old playbooks and now learn these you know so yeah we'll see you know what's uh what's crazy to me man it's like these people like a lot of these panther fans are so jaded that they refuse to even let themselves get excited about the season about matt corral what? it's like you know, when you even start to show your excitement online about Matt Corral, obviously you're going to have the people that agree with you and are also excited. But then you also have this subsection of Panther fans that's like, oh, you're asking for too much. You're putting unreasonable expectations on them and blah, blah, blah. It just shows you how jaded a lot of Panther fans have become. Listen, I have no problem telling you. I have found myself daydreaming a number of times in recent days about Matt Corral wearing that number nine behind this beast-ass offensive line, just chucking the football downfield on these incredible explosive plays. Like, why couldn't that happen to us, man? Mm -hmm. Why couldn't that happen to us? And also, I was thinking about this the other day, too. We're all very impressed with Scott Fitterer and, you know, how he's built the team in a short time being here. He did the same thing in Seattle with another late round oh, quarterback and Russell Wilson. Stop. What did you what are you stopping about? How is that wrong? How is he that not a parallel? He didn't do that just because he was there. This is like the whole thing is like, oh, Joe Brady was part of the, the New Orleans. He was Saints a part of it, offense. wasn't he? No, he didn't do shit. He just sat in the corner. What I'm not saying is this is I'm not saying that Scott Fitterer wasn't some sort of contributor in the organization. But let's not act like when you are a third, fourth level type exec or scout, you're the guy building the team. No, no. And I'm not saying like what you is like, let's try to find the middle on this, Cody, is that he was around an organization that had a successful moment of building an organization that way. And he was part of it. But you can't say he did that. I mean, listen, you're taking it too literal. I'm saying that he was a part of a process that saw something very similar work out. That they saw a very talented, albeit undersized quarterback, fall into the later rounds. And they decided, yeah, he has all the identifiable markers 
of a franchise quarterback. And by the way, even if he didn't pull the trigger on Russell Wilson, I'm sure having been in that room that did helped him in his experience now that he actually is in command right. to take that, that same chance. Now, I like that. And I like the comparison to a Russell Wilson. Um, and I'm and I'm not a, a draft guru enough to like a comp person. So I don't know if it's like I'm not saying a comparable like place. To, you know, I'm not trying to say that. But what I am talking about is what was arguably the better or best quarterback prospect of that class that year falling under the shroud of draft suspicion about their size or something that kept them back. You know, Russell right. Wilson was the top quarterback that year, but, oh, no, we can't go with that because of these reasons. And that's kind of what Matt Corral kind of fell into. He was the top-rated quarterback prior to the start of the 2021 mm -hmm. uh, season in college. Um, Kenny Pickett had his best year out of a three-year consistent run. So he kind of was number two battling back and forth. And because he had a more successful year last year, it kind of propelled him, catapulted him over Corral. And then you had the Malik Willis. There's always that name that skyrockets. Mm -hmm. So if we go back two years ago, this is the number one player we're thinking two years down the road, mm -hmm. right? Like he's going to be the pro um, prospect. So right. I like that. Um, I like the potential there that that offers. And it also is, like you said, just to going back to the pessimism of the internet, Cody. It's like, that's what the internet's for, though. The yeah. internet's for to shit on everything. Like, that's like the whole point. So, like, you can't even be overwhelmed by that in the conversation. Because think about this. If you draft, there were the same people that are saying, well, there's a reason Matt Corral's a third round pick. That he isn't as good, at, you know, and you're putting these too high expectations. They're also the people that say, don't take a risk on a first round quarterback yeah you know it's like it's like there actually is just no per you know a lot of those people are the same people can, can i say two things to this one of the thing cody said a moment ago about fitter being involved with the mat with the with the um russell wilson and all that stuff i mean i don't know how involved he was i doubt it was that much at all but that's like saying if you're in the gas station with somebody who buys a winning lottery ticket that you're a lottery expert you know um and two Matt Corral, oh man, oh yeah, when did it become unfair to ask a quarterback who's played his entire life at a high level to draft him, pay him millions of dollars, when did it become unfair to ask him to be a starting quarterback? We're not asking him to win yeah. the Super Bowl. Even if he has a bad season, I understand. But why do people say it's unfair to draft a quarterback and start him? Like, how is that unfair? We drafted you for this position and we're going to pay you. For this position, name, name another. It seems position only fair that you unfair. play this position. Yeah, name huh? name another position where it's unfair to start. Uh, Ex like, exactly, if you get drafted. Like, like that doesn't happen. Like, if if you're if you're, well, you it know, is the most important position. But it's I what know, you, but it's, it's what you you went into the NFL to get drafted as a quarterback. Like, you didn't say, well, I I want to be a quarterback, but if they'll draft me as a wide receiver, I'll do that. No, you drafted. Right. You went to play as you you knew that going in that it's one of the toughest positions. You know. I don't know. It just it just seems weird. I think that uh, another thing too is we can get too caught up on when you were drafted being uh, the your the, like the ceiling of your capability, 
right is that um, not and what i would what i want to say and I, I said this a few weeks ago is not all third round picks are the same right and matt corral was picked in the third and so was will greer i don't think the thought process of what those players could be is anywhere in the same conversation right is like i think that uh, will greer is at best a third round pick and at best a backup quarterback and maybe potentially could stun you and come out and play and become a starter for a year or two like that is it but right now i see the same third round pick with matt corral and the idea is this guy is a future starter in this league and a guy that you believe you can you found like like a not a diamond in a rough i saw somebody bought at a goodwill this was crazy the other day i saw this story they bought a statue like a, Ro- a roman bust uh of a and it was from pompeii and it actually turned out to be like two thousand years old or some or you know what i'm saying like uh and it was like at a goodwill in texas you know what i'm saying like you didn't buy (laughs) Mm. like is that you you're thinking you have something that you got an insanely good value for Mm. i think is with matt corral right that's what i would hope not all uh draft picks are the same uh, let's go to the next goal. What's up, C3? It's Noah here. Up, Noah? I just want to say, let's go. Let's keep crowning. I know we've been some talk about who's going to be our new um, quarterback. Who's going to take the job position. Um, some rumors of they're still trying to get, like, um, ben Baker Mayfield. Um, OTA start this week. Can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, this world is going very crazy. We can get a moment of silence for all those kids that lost their life today in that school shooting. This is absolutely crazy. Stupid, but, you know. Yeah, um, keep pounding. Noah bringing the wisdom always. Dude, Uh, Noah... What Noah actually and happened? Connor, what they're so mature for their ages, I, man. Yeah, uh, they are. What uh, what happened? What I saw something about it, but once it's, I saw the headline, I was terrific. like, I don't even want to read that. It's uh, last time I read, it was like fifteen kids. Um, and uh, this is an elementary school, so seven to nine years old, seven to ten years old. Um, yeah, who who was a was it a kid or an adult that did it was this? A it was, uh, I've heard it's, it was it was an eighteen year old uh, Hispanic guy, and apparently one teacher is dead, and I've seen as many as fourteen kids dead, and apparently there's a whole lot more that are still unidentifiable and are still missing, and parents are still like wondering where their kids are. Jeez. And we just had the thing in Buffalo, too. Yeah, man. Like, God. And as a parent, um, well, first, my kids are, my kids going to high school next year. It's wild. You know, it's like, uh, and my little girl's going to my middle, my firstborn girl, you know, I mean, my middle child, she's going to middle school. And then my, like, they're just growing up. Um, we always take things for granted. 
like until we lose them, you know, it's like kind of like you don't know what you have. It's like a any good relate, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been divorced and they thought, you know, you just come out of this and, and then you're looking back and you're like, man, I didn't appreciate what I really had at the moment. Uh, your health. This is why your health is always like that. You know, is like you yeah. don't sit there and all day be thankful about your health when you're healthy. But when you're unhealthy, you realize like how, how important it is. Yeah. And, and you take it one for of granted. The, yeah. One of the things that for me that I'm a routine person, like I like normalcy. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, that's why I love, co- like, I love being a teacher at a college. It's like the semester has the same rhythm. I, my students laugh at me because I don't really know what day it is. I just know it's either Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, right? Like, I don't really keep, you know, I don't know which one of the days is, but it's just like, I know I got these classes on these days. You know, it's just this time. I go and do this every day. I go do this every day at this time. And it's, you know, when your life sucks is when it's all jacked up you know when abnormal crap happens and you think about this is like the best thing you could do is take your kids to school and pick them up and then go cook dinner and just have a regular wonderful wonderfully uneventful day you know um so it's it's awful to think of um not only the uh, people that have lost their lives in these moments, but the people that love them that have to deal, not deal, that's makes whatever the right word is, description for living through this horrifically abnormal um, kind of, mo- and it's, it's just contrary to like the natural order of events. You know, that's why it was so hard for a parent to see a child it's like one thing when you're so my wife is at a funeral uh she left for a friend's funeral her mother died unexpectedly but it was still the mother you know and like older right i mean see what they just didn't they they just didn't expect her but it was it's different like if when you're somebody like the child passing before the parent it's an unnatural order of events not that it doesn't happen but God, it's so awful. I wish this guys, I wish I wouldn't even hurt. I wish I didn't even ask what happened. Two five two 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 eight fifteen ninety eight. Hey guys. It's the girl that makes them howl, aka Joey the Blind Panther. Uh I have something that I gotta respond to about with you guys saying that about sitting Matt Corral for a year. I would not do that behind Sam Darnold, and here's why. Because Sam Darnold is... Sam Darnold's main problem is in his head. Are you sure? Are you guys sure that he's going to be in a position to not be a bad influence on Matt Corral? Because I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know with him. He's been through Adam Gase, Matt Rule, with nobody but yes men on his staff, and incompetent as hell. That's why they gave him the Joe Biden treatment. Uh, and and even though um, Patrick Mahomes, 
sat behind Alex Smith and you say, oh, Alex Smith was just, you know, he's a decent quarterback. The only, the difference between him and Sam Darnold is he was a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, which that's a low bar, but he, uh, he was a leader. He had been around the league for quite a while and he was able to, you know, teach Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, he probably came that way. But he probably was able to learn a lot from Alex Smith, and I don't think Sam Darnold could teach Matt Corral an eighth of that. Um, but I just want to leave that out there. And uh, Oh, another thing before I go is, if we cut Sam Darnold after June 1st, would we save anything? Because that's what I would do. I would just get Cam Newton, cut Sam Darnold after June 1st, and roll with Cam if we would save any money by cutting him after June 1st. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Now, I think the fifth-year option's fully guaranteed. I yeah, I think we're to... kind of past that at this point in time. But that we're going to whole... go forward. That wasn't, did you guys see the story with um, what they wanted to do with, uh, or what the thoughts were with uh, Baker Mayfield? Is that they wanted him to pay 13 or $14 million of his salary. Right. So he really would have been a $4 million addition. Which is you know, a pretty low number, but still maybe more. I mean, didn't Cam go and pay, play for less for the Patriots his first year with the Patriots? The league minimum, I think, yeah. Think he played for? Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It was a, a three. You know, that's funny. Is that? But he, bet he got ten million from us for exactly. Honestly, that was his retirement fund. That's all. I mean, I'm fine. He came back and got it. You know. All right, let's go to the next call. Yo, what's good? C three is JD eighty four. Uh, yeah, on the, on the whole uh, QB loom uh, competition thing. Uh, I, I've been saying it for a while, or at least thinking it for a while. Um, best, I feel like the best option for the team, like immediate team success, would be to bring in Cam, especially now that Nick Foles has been signed to the Colts. You bring in Cam, you know what his work ethic is. This will probably be the first time in Cam's entire career where he's actually been behind a fairly, like a, a really good offensive line. So that. And that in of itself would put Corral in a position where he has to wait here. Um, like Cody was saying, I mean, if, if they feel comfortable moving forward with Sam and just the three guys, four guys that we have in there right now, um, if, if the guys can perform, it is what it is. Like, you might not like Sam, but you got to be rooting for the team to succeed, and you can't have Sam failing with the team to succeed. That, that those things are at odds with each other. So, yeah. Um, my my. Besides them bringing Cam in, I would hope to see Matt just simply beat Sam out. Like if it's close, they need to pull the trigger and let Matt go. Yeah, that's my opinion. Appreciate what y'all doing. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, you guys are on uh, on the right track with that. Also, Joey the Blind Panther, uh, the growl that makes some howls, getting a lot of howls in the the chat. Uh, they're feeling the <laughs> low bar line today. I like that. Uh, let's go to the next goal. Hey, yo, this is White Chocolate Espresso again. I got a question. What are we going to do about the defensive end? You know, I thought we were getting clowny. I thought we were getting, you know, 
I thought we were going to get somebody. Um, you know, Jason Pierre Paul is still out there, the nine finger man. You know, uh, I didn't even know that. there's some veterans out there. Oh. I think we need to sign somebody because we, we definitely need some defensive end help. I didn't know Jason Pierre Paul was available. That's a good story in the NFL. That's a happy story for me of a guy that made it back. You know what I'm saying? Like, is like he did that in. He lost his fifth year option, I think, because of that, where he blew up his hand or something like that. Yeah, he was and playing then, with firecrackers. Yeah. And then it was like really, you're starting to worry if he was going to be able to make it back. I mean, they were worried about his hand, you know, like, I mean, there were some real questions. He played with the club that first year. I don't know if he still does, but he really went and had some success in Tampa. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a good, and that's a heart, like a good story of somebody, I guess, kind of finding a second life in adversity. I saw Daniel Castro talk about that with Sam. Remembering that Sam Darnold is 24 years old. That's again, that's the whole thing with the Matt Corral size thing for me, Cody. It's not that he's like small, but it's like, um, you know, like we, if you saw me when I was 20, you're like, God, you look like a crackhead. You know, I mean, I'm still the same height. Um, it's just like you grow, you know, you become a man. And so, you know, you're not, a. I mean, I know that some athletes grow into these freakazoid bodies early, but not everybody does. And you got to just wonder is that, um, well, you don't wonder is that you, uh, Sam Darnold, maybe we just projected too soon on him as draft scouts, people and saying, here, you got to come in and do this. And like, maybe there is an opportunity. Maybe it's not here, but maybe down in his career where he becomes a backup, spend some time in the league and then gets a second, you know, somebody gets hurt and he gets a shot and he finds kind of a life. I mean, cause you think there were a lot, this is a modern, it's a more modern NFL now for us to believe that these guys are so importantly to succeed at so young. I mean, if you think of Jake, Jake DeLome spent a ton of, he was in the NFL Europe. Mm-hmm. He was a outside free agent acquisition. They came in, he found success. Kurt Warner, was damn bagging groceries forever. Um, these guys kind of um, a Tony type, a Tony Romo, right? Is they their best football wasn't played when they were twenty two, right? You know, twenty three. So it's not unheard of. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul, uh, yeah, it's defensive end. There's a, there's a good questions. All right, um, White Chocolate Espresso. Blech. Hey guys, it's Chuck from Elizabeth City, aka Carolina Sports Guy. Got a few things in like Number one, I kind of look at our roster. I'm not all into this bringing in back in Mayfield. I wouldn't be terribly disappointed if we did, but I kind of agree with the one caller who said that, you know, if, if Sam Darnold's here and Corral can't beat him out, or if Corral does get to play some and it doesn't look like he's ready. If we get a high draft pick again next year, we might have to throw it back at another quarterback if we can get an upgrade, a, a first-round true talented quarterback. Now, as far as what we should look at right now with free agency, Tony, I agree, a linebacker first and foremost. I don't really believe the tight end position is, is all that. Now, I will say this. Uh, uh, big name or uh, less than stellar, guy who's probably dropped off like a defensive end, a pass rushing specialist we do need. And um, I really think that when we start making cuts during preseason, I wouldn't be surprised to see us pick up a receiver. Just because there's so many receiver deep teams that I could see us picking up one. 
Now, um, I also want to address the situation with the hurricanes. Uh, the reason why we've done so bad on the road, well, New York night is because, did you see the penalty minutes? It was like 26 to it's 7. Terrible. Yeah. That's home cooking. That's the rest. And if there's one freaking thing I can't stand about the freaking New York Rangers, they're like the damn New Orleans Saints for the Panthers. The one thing I hate about their fucking fans and that piece of shit franchise, ESPN calling the games. The announcers are sucking their pee-pees like they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I cannot watch ESPN when it comes to covering certain teams because they just kiss their ass. And you're right, nature's a struggle. We've got to find a way to win game five and wrap this series up and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'll take that out of here. Uh, first, I love Chuck's call. There's so much I want to talk about. Just real quick with the Canes. You know, it's not even the problem of the home cooking. The problem is the Pan- uh, the the Hurricanes can't score on the damn power play. Whenever we get a power play, we are not scoring on it. And this has been – we've had the best penalty kill all season, but one of the worst power plays all season that our team has done with – Going back, the first part of the call was, ooh, oh, dipping back in next year for a quarterback if necessary. Isn't that the beauty, though, of not picking Matt Corral at six? Yes, and I was actually just going to ask you that. I'm can. trying to look it up. I'm trying to look it up right now. But are our contracts different? I know the first rounders are four years guaranteed with a fifth year option. After that, is it always four years and a fifth-year option? Like, that could work out in our favor as well if we had to go back, you know? Let's yeah, is that, but there's not so much sunk cost in Matt Corral. If it mm-hmm. works, it works. If it doesn't work, you don't have to give it years and years and years to figure out, right? And there was a sort of sunk cost with the Sam Darnold for the Jets, right? Is like, when you pick in the top ten, you pick that, you – and you make that pick, you better believe in it through adversity and not. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that worry. I mean, it's like, and look, we've seen, we saw the uh, Cardinals do this. I mean, they picked Rosen in the top 10, and then we're just like, you know what? We're out on this. And that was tough. That's kind of a tough um, thing to do. Right. But it's a yeah. lot easier to do with a third and fourth round pick. My not saying that we have to. Not saying that we my, have to or see it, but good. My fear is that we go this entire year with either Sam Darnold as the starter or a Baker Mayfield or what have you, just whoever, or Hurt Cam Newton, whatever, and then we have another year where Matt Rule fails to give our young guys the opportunity that they need to be a good football player. I think he's played young players, though, a lot. Yeah, I'm talking specifically about offense. Andre Brown, on, on offense, but, uh, Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown. But, My uh, fear is that we won't have seen enough of Matt Corral by the end of you know, at the end of this year, we won't have seen enough of Matt Corral to actually give a proper evaluation on whether or not we should move on from him. That's my fear. My we only question. Be- Go ahead, Greg. Well, I say my question of that is you're say you're saying that Matt Rule, I can't believe I'm defending Matt Rule or attempting to defend Matt Rule here, doesn't play to young talent. Other than Brady Kirsten and Deontay Brown, who else have we drafted young that we expected to start and play? Hasn't he played? Just out of curiosity. 
And I, I hate um, trying to take the defensive side. Because it's not one. true. Yeah, because it's not true. He's played you know? a lot of young players. Well, I can't think of anybody of else. In fact, it was like the kind of the opposite of I mean, Ron in terms Rivera. of Spados, I would have liked to have seen gotten some more snaps. Well, he was hurt. Yeah, he got hurt last year, didn't he? Yeah, he was hurt. Uh, and then, but, but again, Deontay yeah, Brown and Brady Christensen oh are gosh, legit. Tired of it. No, I, I get that. Uh, I just, I just, I, like I said, I hate defending Matt Rule, but I, I also want to be fair. I don't want to label him as somebody who doesn't start young talent when I, I personally don't see a lot of evidence that other than those two players. You don't have to worry about your. Can I soothe your fears, Cody? Completely on sure. this, please. There is no way that we're not going to give Matt Corral enough evaluation time and still be in a top ten pick. Right. So here's the thing. The only way that is going to happen is that we're in a we have a, a season that is middle of the road or better. And you ended up just playing Sam Darnold to the end. But then you're going to be picking outside. If Sam Darnold is a starter in week 17, that means we actually had some success. Well, so, you know, so me- is that like you if we're bad enough to pick in the top five or the top 10, the, you will see Matt Corral by that point. And you'll get, you know what I'm saying? Like, it won't be like he didn't have a shot because we stunk and he will get a shot at that point. Are we in a position where if we end up winning six or seven games and that seems like one, actually six or seven would be, let's say we win nine games. Yeah, we're not. And it it puts us at like 15th picking. Is is that going to benefit us by any means? Like you won't get the quarterback then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do we, do we get any benefit from winning nine games this year at all? And I hate to say that, and I'm not saying I want to tank, but like... Yeah, well, I mean, you would actually... I mean, if you think that you're getting better as a team, like yeah. you're stepping towards from nine to 12 wins or nine or seven to 11. I can see that. But yeah. if we win three, then you do really have to... If you're picking in the top five, you have to start... that. You have to say... Nothing's off the table, including picking yeah. a quarterback, even if you feel like you didn't give Matt. Cor- but if you only win three games, Matt Corral is going to have started eight of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like you will if we are if we are a three win team next year, you will see a good share of Matt Corral. Why wouldn't you? And if anything, like that would be the death knell if you didn't. Is like if you're if you're in week thirteen and you're one in twelve. Yeah, you shouldn't be trying. You shouldn't be trying to tank necessarily, but you should be trying to get this guy some game experience to figure out. And that was actually the problem with last year's team is that we didn't see there were some moments to evaluate. If if anything, Cody, where you're right about the not playing the young players wasn't because he hasn't played some of them that he believes in. But there were moments that like you realized that this was evaluation time. Yeah, and And, that um, was the Brady Christensen problem is not that. He didn't play him at left. It was just when the season was gone, it became evaluation time. Yeah. And by the way, uh, if we have an opportunity to draft Bryce Young, don't want to do it. uh, Don't want to do it. All right. uh, Go over Matt Corral over over him, man. He has to be great. You ever think about doing that, drafting a player you don't need just because he's a great player as a trade piece? No, nah, I don't think would that be a smart NFL move. Nah, don't I mean, worry. If we're drafting in the top five, we need a quarterback, bro. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Uh, next, not Bryce Young. Hey guys, it's the girl that makes him how, aka Joey the Blind Panther. And uh, 
haven't done this in a while. I did it like three years ago when we fired Ron Rivera. I made a song parody, but uh, I got another one about Matt Rule. Because there's still a part of me that wants to fire Matt Rule, even though I'm a bit more optimistic now that he's been given the Biden treatment. But uh, part of me still wants to fire him, so uh, here it goes. Send Matt Rule's ass back to Texas. <laughs> used to be the king, but now we're reeling. I'll send Matt Rules as back to Texas. I wish somebody known he sucked back in 2020. Wow, wow, wow. All my exes live in Texas. All right. Um, just check. Oh, gosh. They won't stop calling. Two more to go. Two more other oh, short ones. So, they're just new ones. Repeat offender. Hey, yo, it's White Charter Espresso again, aka Cody's daddy. Cody, Cody boy. You're such a. You're gonna get, you're gonna go get, me, get your papa a beer. God damn, I've been waiting all goddamn night for my beer. Look here. And where's my fucking beer? God damn it. Yo, man. Anyway, I'll, I'll smack uh, a South Carolina fan. I can't shit. Oh, and Tony, by the way, I almost forgot. The drunk panther. Um, all right, so those are the calls for now. Um, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Uh, we've been talking about OTAs, Matt Rule, Sam Darnold. Uh, we'll be back here on Friday with the Friday free-for-all. A lot more content will be coming down the pike throughout, you know, shorts and different, you know, like you do some other kind of impromptu things. But right now we are in kind of the the doldrums. This OTAs, I think, is only a few days. And then that will be off. Then we'll have a month go by before anything. And so really no news. So we'll just be kind of on that standard schedule from here. But, you know, that when uh, football is cooking, even when it's training camp, we'll be up here all the time getting after it and having fun. Uh, we got to do our last segment unless you guys have anything else. And I think that's all I got. And that is our ice up picks this week. And that's where we uh, tell someone ice up tough enough to get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith. Everything is fair game um, uh, to ice up from what you, so your picks, um, uh, you guys got I got a couple of short funny ones tonight. Uh you got anything, Cody? Um nothing major. I'll, I'll go first. I don't have anything to play. Uh I'm watching the uh and I never watch basketball, dude. I'm talking never. It's only this time of year when I'll watch the NBA finals, if I'm being honest. So, so I, I put it on uh Golden State and uh the Dallas Mavericks and Apparently, they had to stop the game because the roof was leaking so bad on the top of the stadium wow. that they had to they had to actually get someone up in the rafters to patch the hole and wipe the floor. And it zoomed in on Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, he's the owner of the Mavericks, is on Shark Tanks. And, and they zoom in on his face. And is looking around like he's just so pissed off <laughs> and embarrassed on national television. He's like just scowling, looking around and shit. He's all grumpy. Um, I thought that was hilarious that he's this multi-billionaire 
and he has a basketball team in the arena, but she still has a janky ass stadium that's leaking all over everyone. Then. And it still has that moment of fuck. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, he's a billionaire, and he still has that moment of my shit is looking raggedy as fuck mm-hmm. on national television. <laughs> so I think that's funny. So uh, yeah. to Mark Cuban, ice up. Ice up. Um, go ahead, Greg. Uh, okay, mine's uh, mine's kind of funny. I'm going with uh, the North Carolina Education Lottery. I'm gonna ice them up. One, because they take too much of my money, and two, I've been I'm no genius financially or just in general at all. But I'm you know can try to think of different ways to boost economy and everything. And the lottery is always funny to me because like the Powerball. Okay, it's North Carolina Powerball. It starts at forty million. Like when somebody wins, the next day it starts over at forty million. Okay. Then it adds up until somebody, anybody across the country that buys a ticket can win, and they can win a billion dollars, however high it goes, okay? Why wouldn't you just have a drawing every day for a million dollars, okay? And make it only for residents of North Carolina. You can win once a year. So that means residents of North Carolina, you would have 365 new millionaires Every year. And guess what? That 10 million that's left over from the 30 you don't use originally can go right back into schools right there. Plus, imagine how much money you'll make on people buying daily tickets. Is this does this sound crazy to y'all? Like that no. sounds like a great idea, right? You'd have a million dollar like winner Kino, every day. Yeah, it is kind of like Kino, but I mean, like, why why start it at 40 million and let anybody in the country win it? Like, build our local economy in North Carolina, do it like this right. and say, I'm telling you, it would just work out so much better. So for, I don't know why, I guess the system, and there's probably a lot more about it that I don't know. That's why this makes sense to me. It probably doesn't make sense overall, but as far as I know it, it makes more sense in my way. So I sup. Uh, shout out to Kino. Um, I'm not ever a winner on scratch off tickets, lottery things, but uh, I hit the four. I do. I've been playing the four numbers. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's like the best odds. If you hit all four, you get seventy-five bucks on a one-dollar ticket. Nice. But then you do the multi. So I hit all four numbers on a ten-time multiplier. Nice. It's like the best. It's like the best you can do. Yeah. The best you can do on a four-number ticket. It was, uh, oh, it was fun. Uh, it's nice to win. All right. So here goes uh, my first ice up pick. Hey, and you know, I don't really, not a big making fun of people's appearance person, but this one I could not help. I mean, I just could not help but giggle at this. This man's, hair, this man's haircut, bro. This is a police officer in. Let go, man. Why is his head uh, melting? Cato Parish Sheriff's Office, and he has a full buzz cut, but a straight comb down. It almost looks like they're drawn on these hairs. Dude, it looks like the Latino chicks that uh, like paint eyeliner on their eyebrows. <laughs> He's got bangs. It looks y'all. like he did that, but on his head. <laughs> He's got a bowl cut in the front and a buzz cut in the back. So uh, my next one goes to this. <laughs> is, this I saw this this truck driver uh, got hung up on one of those like little yellow things. Look at this. Oh, oh no. no. That's gonna cost you. Oh, it's slowing up. Come on. Why is it 
freezing up. Anyway, this truck driver ends up. He keeps, send me the link. I'll play. Can you send it to me in DM? I'll, I'll try and play. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hey, um, come on. Hey, yo. Hey, I'm giving a pre-ice up to the Mavericks that they blow this lead. They were up by like 34. And by the way, if they win tonight, that'll be the first time in history that an NBA team has ever come back from zero and three, right? No, they'll just be winning game one. They have to win the next four to make that to make that happen. But I mean, usually when a team is down three zero, they generally win at least the last game. But Dallas should win this game. I might yeah, send it on. Uh, oh no, this will work. <clears throat> Let's see if this will get if you can get this up. This truck driver had a tough day, bro. Uh, and I've seen some truck drivers do some. T- I mean, look what a tough job. I would hate to drive a truck in a city. Like one yeah. of those big eights. Like, I mean, what a awful, awful job that would be. Look at this. Oh, gosh. And he kept trying to go. Why? <laughs> so the whole rear axle came up. And then you're driving. How does he not know? How the hell does he not know that he just ripped off his fucking rear axle? I mean, what That's the guy who just got fired or just turned in his notice and was like, Yeah, it doesn't give you a know? fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he just does yeah. his over yeah. it, dude. Hey, when you get back, you're fired. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> like, All right. I already um, quit, stupid. So <laughs> ice up to that dude's haircut and ice up for just tripling down on that uh, pylon. And uh, shout out to that concrete pylon that just yeah. lived through all of that. Whoever put oh, that up. Took a the chat says that's uh, Ralph Wiggums from uh, Simpsons. The the <laughs> Simpsons police officer guy. That's exactly who that looks like. The haircut. <laughs> oh, the guy. That's, funny. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, uh, uh, that's, that's the C three awesome. Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we're live at nine p.m. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn. Stitcher, go leave us a review, smash the thumbs, get in the conversation by calling in at 252-228-5098. Jump in that chat room. The chat room is lit as usual. Get in the comments afterwards. Uh, let us know what you think about these issues, these things going forward. I want to thank uh, the people in the chat, people that gave us our time tonight, and especially my co-hosts tonight for their generosity with their time. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Greg. Um, Cody, uh starting to work uh you got draft tech stuff going on tell us about this what are you now a charlotte football club fan no well we didn't we didn't really even talk about it but the, there was that whole news about the panthers uh using the turf for uh chelsea fc and charlotte fc they're using grass rather but they're not using the turf for the football games Whoa. Uh, for charlotte Holy fc God. You didn't hear about that? Oh, that was no, big, yeah. I thought that was like a joke. Like, I mean, I thought we just got rid of the grass. They're you saying they really put grass back in? No, so Chelsea football team is going to play Charlotte FC, and they're not allowed to play on turf. So Tepper oh, wow. is having grass rolled into the stadium for for, for one, game? one game. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. So yeah, we talked about that on the free for all. I had forgotten all about that. Sometimes I forget what we talk about on the free for all, <laughs> and then don't talk about on Tuesday. So, all right, Greg, what um, you got going on? I know you got a lot of work going down. Uh, yeah, jump just like where they can find me. 
Yeah, or and just, uh, uh, so I mean, I know the Super Civil Servants podcast is rebooting in different ways. So tell us what you're what you're working on. We are, man. That's actually what I was gonna say. Is uh, you know, you can normally find me at the bat day fifty two, but right now I've been working on. Uh, we just passed four years on Super Civil Servants, um, and we are just going through kind of a reboot. Going to happen this Friday. I've got all the graphics and everything else up. It's gonna be pretty cool. New segments for the show, and we're gonna be uh, geeks chasing squirrels. So because we tend to chase a lot of squirrels on that show, which. You know, uh, I kind of got from this show. My show, this based off this, my show is based off this show. So, you know, it's <laughs> long form, ridiculous fun. Yes. Long form, ridiculous fun. Cody, you're with Draft Tech and Friday night. Tell them how they can get to be a part of our. Yeah, man. Uh, every Friday at 7 p.m., you can join this show, be a part of the C3 Friday free for all, where you can join the show, be a part of the action every Friday at 7 p.m. You can join via StreamYard, and uh, it's a good time, man, every Friday at uh, 7. And check me out on Twitter, at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I'm saying controversial shit and pissing people off about football. So, All right, take us out of here, my man. Well, real quick, I wanted to say, oh, yeah. just putting out there, Geeks Chasing Squirrels, C3 Panthers podcast mashup any given Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's one of my favorite football movies ever. Oh, there we the go. Worst. That's the why worst. it's going to be a great oh, show right there. Two different oh, things. Oh. I like it. I've got such a fun fact for you, Greg. On this, yeah, is uh, so I was talking about the any given Sunday, and I was I was talking on the radio about your uh, Cody's terrible takes. <laughs> like when he was talking about that, I said, "Well, we were arguing over any given Sunday and how terrible this football movie is, and whatever." And I said, every one of these, like early 2000, they, you need the steroid guy, the crazy steroid dude has to be part of a football movie. So one of the listeners that was, uh, listens to radio show sends it, he goes crazy fact. Cause they, they, his favorite football movie is the program. Right. You remember and that was the one where they laid down in the road and stuff like that. It was like, but there was a crazy steroid dude in the program. And I said every, and, and he goes, fun fact, crazy steroid guy from the program is the same crazy steroid dude in any given Sunday, just eight years later. Same actor. Really? Same yeah. dude? I thought, yeah. I thought that was LT in any given Sunday. It's been a long time since no, I've seen that. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was that. in that, but he wasn't the steroid dude. He wasn't okay. the offensive lineman, mega death guy or whatever. Oh, oh the that's white right. Yeah, guy, yeah, I know you're talking about Madman, yeah. and he mm-hmm. was in the program, something madman. And like it's like they just call him up. Yeah, whenever they need a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we definitely need true. to do that, man, because I need to rewatch that movie. Dude, I'm telling you, that's one of my all time fucking favorite movies. Oh, God. Movies, You're going to go back and go, like, wow, I like this movie. No. Take us out. All right. Until next time, yeah. Panther Nation, keep pounding. Keep pounding. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.